You've reached the Union of Metro Street podcast, where we discuss the San Diego music scene of the late 80s and all of the 90s. From the shows we worked and the shows we played at Soma Live. Here we go. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Dan from Paco 9. He's a trombone player. Hi, I'm <laughs> Jeff. The used to be the drummer of Bucko Nine. <laughs> what other band were you? Hi, Jeff. Spot, yeah. yeah. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Dan. How you doing? Good to see you, lads. I haven't seen <laughs> two of you in a long time. I've seen Dan all the time. Yeah. You saw me in yeah. September. Yeah, I saw you in September. But you probably haven't seen germs. I haven't seen germs, oh, and I've, I've been hiding for for a while. Yeah. Definitely been hiding. Now I know where you live. You're screwed. (laughs) 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 I should have busted out the smoke machine. Oh, yeah. So how are you guys doing? Dan, let's start with you since you got beer right at your mouth. Yes. (laughs) Let me have a little quick sip. I just... Trying to kill the headache from last night, <laughs> hanging out with this guy. <laughs> Slept on his couch. Yeah, old school. <laughs> Still keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> was it comfortable? Yeah, actually, it was. That's not bad. 17 and a half year olds trapped in 50 something year old yeah, bodies. Well, well, yeah. I, well, I always say I'm 50 teen years old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 50 teen, but I'm really 53, but I'm 50 teen years old. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Little kid trapped in an old man's body <laughs> sucks. See what it is. As soon as you accept it, then you just like, yeah, all right. I'm on the downfall. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> oh yeah. So speaking of, so what's going on with Buck Nine these days? Um. Well, I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard, right? Uh, John had a heart attack. Pebs. Had a heart attack and uh, sucked. Um, had to cancel the tour. Had, yeah, yeah, had to cancel the tour. Um, and what I was, mean, it's just, and it's what just was crazy. Our age. What know? was crazy? Yeah. I was the. I got sick on the twenty seventh, and everybody mm-hmm. was concerned about me. And then, what? Three days later, John has a heart attack. Yeah, it's just cra- way crazy. Yeah, he's doing good now. You know, yeah. um, we're trying to. Um, we had to move the tour back to September, I think it is, and you know, and hopefully he he's it's definitely a life change thing for yeah. him. You know, he's yeah. gonna change everything. Yeah, you no know? more drinking, no more smoking. Hey, I won't say that because we're a drinking man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just roll off the fentanyl a little bit, yeah. maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know. So who who was the tour with? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Muster Plug and Omnigon. Omnigon, yeah. And yeah. I think that both bands are still going to do the tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're the, oh, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to come uh, back in yeah. September. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where was that tour going to be at? First, um, first uh, was the Soda Bar in San Diego, yeah. and then we're going to play. Um, we're going to do the back backstage Vegas, in in Vegas. And then we're going to head. To, and then we're going to play Phoenix. Yeah, Arizona. I can't remember where, where that was at. And then we're going to end up in the Garden. It was Garden Grove. Yeah. Garden Grove to San Jose. San Jose to Frisco. Yeah. And Frisco then, to Sacramento. Sacramento yeah. to Eugene. Eugene to Seattle. Yeah. Seattle to Portland, and then from Portland, Portland to Yosemite. Yeah, we're going to play a shit. A shit dive bar in a, in a little... Well, it's, it's a... What's that town called? I can't remember. Oakhurst. Oakhurst. Yeah, Andy, yeah, our bass player lives fr- there. 
Right. Oh, I was okay. planning on going to the Vegas show and then going to a party with Andy up in Oakhurst. Thanks, Pebs, for ruining all that. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> yeah, right. he, yeah. yeah he, he was partying and the other party stopped. So Yeah. Well, that's when I first talked to when, I, when John, uh, when I first talked to him, he's like, dude, party's over, bro. <laughs> party's done. I've like, never, ever it. heard Pebs yeah. ever say that, ever. Yeah. I can't believe it. I know. You're lying. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> but then the, then the next time I hung out with him, he's like, yeah, it was on his birthday. He's like, yeah, uh, you know, it's not my not our typical, you know, birthday party, but who knows next year? <laughs> <laughs> yes! There's still hope. That's the spirit, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he's poor, a trooper, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, by the time this comes out, then the the probably the rumor mill will take it a little further. But you know, just so that people know, now is this tour for a new album that you guys are doing? No, we only go out once or twice a year, so it's just a just a once just a year to get out and and fun. and play because yeah. people want to see you. I think so. I mean, we just do it for fun. Yeah. these days, you know, we love it. And weren't you guys recording a song or something? They're recording we, a live album. Yeah, the live album actually is. Done, but it just oh, has, wow. it's been done shit since the last, last year because that's like when the, we went the out. Middle, of, we went yeah, out there the in the middle studio. of last year. It's been done, yeah, and it's just taking time. COVID's kind of messed it up. Oh, right yeah, and, is that coming out on Cleopatra? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we actually have about two albums worth of music right now ready to go. Oh, really? Yeah, songs that are just we have like 22 or 24 songs, something like that, 21 songs. Damn, ready to go, you know. Because what we do is impressive. we just, uh, someone comes up with an idea and we just send it around through the internet and everyone puts their little little flavor into it. Right. That's how we write music now. That's cool because how many different states are all the members in now? Let me see. Steve lives in Colorado. Three. Tony lives in Nevada. Everybody else, North, Cali. Yeah. But Northern. So, but we're, yeah, we're kind of spread out. So it's kind of. I miss the days of practicing, you know, like yeah. being a real band that, you know, I miss those days, but. But then going on tour kind of, you can cram it all in in a couple of weeks and. Yeah. And but come I home and writing music, it's better to be into like where we're all in one little room or just yeah. jamming and coming yeah. out with, it's a little different when you do it through the internet. It's like, you know, you do your part and it's, it loses for me. It just loses oh, yeah. a little bit. No, I, I totally agree. As, I'd, as to be in, in a room together and everyone's so try this. Or, you know, even like as a horn player, you can hear something when we were previous albums where you're like, hey, instead of trying like that little part, try this or, or, or you can sing it. Right. You know, and it's like you give like everyone's like collaborating yeah. ideas off each other. The synergies there. I miss that. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you guys were all in a room together like when you guys actually did that before how long ago was that 97 no i don't know <laughs> probably on sustain in yeah. uh, 2007 or yeah, yeah. so you guys, you guys did that for sustain you guys were all yeah together. we we had uh, rehearsed and re and rehearsed that album yeah. and demoed it like four times before we ever went to double time and actually recorded the album so we yeah, we knew those songs pretty i remember well. I, I was checked out of that album remember well he claims to be he was there I was there, but I was kind of like mentally checked <laughs> <He> was, out. <laughs> yeah. 
I just showed up and played my part. Back when you were right. doing heroin. Yeah. Was everybody pretty much in Diego at that time? Yeah. When you guys did uh, Pebbles was in LA. Yeah. He would come down. Oh, not that, he yeah, wasn't that, that far, far away. Yeah, like like Andy or Steve. Actually, Andy had the rehearsal room at Greenfield well, Studios. Steve, over Steve was, he was Steve. Well, yeah, I know. I know. But I'm <laughs> yeah. saying like Steve now. Steve's yeah. all the way in Colorado. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We FaceTime with Steve last night. Cheers, Steve Bauer. I love you, you buddy. Yeah. Remember, oh, shit. We were at the I bar. Forgot. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> we were at the old sod last night. He was there. Oh, I forgot. He was there, but he wasn't there. And Steve, Steve called me on FaceTime. We're like, spirit. hey, what's up? <laughs> I was there in spirit. I guess. I don't remember. Fuck. <laughs> what, what bar were you guys at last night? We were at the old sod. The old sod. The old sod. <laughs> right around the corner from me house. Yes. <laughs> so what what um <clears throat> sorry about that. With uh the tour, tell me more about um what what sort of places are you guys playing now? I mean, is there still with COVID, with all the restrictions, everything going on? I mean, I know people weren't working for a while and movie, you know, I got a friend up in, in Hollywood, he wasn't working, no one's touring. So are these places like decent places with a tour or is it, I think, well, is it just, you know, dive play like us these days, like the band, we just play smaller venues, like three, two to, you know, just a club, just a small club. Yeah. That's just, you know, it's all we draw these days is, you know, but we just go out and we have fun and it doesn't matter for us. Right. Who shows up? If you show up, cool. If you don't, cool. It as long as we're all together, that's all that matters for us. Yeah. Well, the last show that you guys played wasn't a small club. What was that? Supernova. Oh, yeah. Dan already forgot. I already forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you guys at, at least can pack 1,500 seaters. Or I would I would imagine easy. so. Yeah. But Dan, Dan's a skeptic, you know. He doesn't believe the band's as good as it is. <laughs> well, how many people do you guys play in front of in Japan? Uh, 4,000 people. Four thousand. <laughs> big, big difference. Sorry, that was racist. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> Dick, you've been canceled. <laughs> yeah, Japan is is. Yeah, I mean it's weird. You know, you go over there and you haven't played very much, but then when you go there, there's like super fans and yeah, and, energy in the crowd that yeah, boosts boost like, you. You're like, whoa. Yeah, everybody's where, huge where in Japan. Where all people come from, you know? So, yeah, we always love going there. How many times have you been to Japan? Well, uh, with Bucko 9? No, with uh, Casey and the fucking Sunshine <laughs> well, I mean, Yes, with Bucko 9. No, but I used to, I mean, I used to play in Voodoo. Glow yeah. Too. Oh, that's so right. I went yeah. there like a couple times. Two or three times with them. Was it always the same amount of people with either band? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because they just love American music, right? Oh, yeah. The American, you know, punk, ska. They, they what, whatever. It. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. There's some crazy noise that used to come out from Japan. The boredoms and melts banana and... Yeah, Melbourne now is playing now. They're on tour right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god, I used to love that stuff and loudness. I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had their vinyl back in eighty four or whatever. Where, was that uh, band Guitar Wolf? Right. Yeah, they played some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had um, God Union. We had uh, Boredoms come through. 
And it was another one of those where everyone just kind of looked at us like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And um, I, can, I don't remember who they played with, but I, I loved it. I got the CD and I would play it all the time. Just absolute chaos noise. When I, I first joined the band in 98, it was probably my second two major tour. We did Canada first and then it was like immediately to Japan. And we got there. We walked into this club. Like the first night we were there and Sepultura was playing. And we're just like, oh, this wow. is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, in the middle of freaking Tokyo, you know. Supple Tour is playing oh, that was club. that was ninety eight when it was all the original lineup. Yeah, so Max was still that was amazing. Oh, wow. singing. Yeah. So how many times have you been to Japan? Just once with the with the boys. Um, but you guys have been what, at least four times. Yeah, three or four times. Yeah. yeah. Last time yeah. was in twenty nineteen, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. when well, Tony lost his that's two what feet. That's what I was going to mention. What happened? Pardon my fault. You you busted him in the face with a trombone. No, we were. You know, doing our thing on stage, and I happened to step on his foot at the time he was leaning forward, and then it. Oh, he fell into his trunk. And then he, yeah, and he fell in and mashed his mouthpiece into his teeth. And I look over, and his blood. and his <sighs> his blood coming down uh, like on his gums. And he's trying to play. I, I looked over, and he's trying to play, and he's like doing his little like what, the, like what the with his tongue and his lips, and I I was like. Dude, no, no! Just raw like, nerves hanging out of your hand, teeth. Like, oh, no, God. don't, dude! You're gnarly. fucked up. No, <laughs> and he before he even realized that he lost his teeth or half his teeth, and it was so awesome because he was like, once he figured it out, <laughs> he just put his trumpet down and he fucking went in the pit. And just the rest of the night, like two or three songs, we we were like we had like yeah two or three songs left. He just fucking went into the pit and fucking. W- Hung out in the pit, just and then after so that, we didn't have to deal with it. Yeah, and then after so that, we went and ate sushi. And <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> he was trying to eat it with his fucked up teeth. <laughs> he was trying to eat sushi. He was like, <laughs> like <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> oh, God, it makes cold, me cold cringe. sushi. Oh, it's awesome. With it the nerves, made me snort. Oh. So bad, he just fucking jumped in the pit. It's like. So did he Bam. after after that happened? Did he even sing anything? No, we, that was the last show. That so was, it was the last uh, last, last show couple of, songs of that tour. Yeah, yeah. He sang. I'm calling in thick. I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> so so he just he, the whole you finished that show with him in the pit. So he uh-huh. didn't he didn't perform after. No, he just went got in busted. Pit and just danced around the rest of the time. He's expendable. He's a trooper, man. He's a well, badass. Right, he sent bad. me the photos from that. Yeah. Like some, I guess, was it Andy that had recorded? Mm-hmm. And he, there was like still frames of him busting his, his mouth. Oh, I felt so bad. It was partly my fault, but. Shit happens yeah, on happens stage. on stage. <laughs> you grab a couple of chiclets, throw them up front, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Keep playing. And they're tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Chickley. Poor poor Tony. <laughs> well, speaking of okay, so busted teeth. Let's let's go to the the origin of the band. Like very the very beginning. Let's just pick it apart. I mean, how did how did the band form? Uh through and, the reader. <laughs> like we were talking earlier. Yeah. Another Literally, reader that's band. That's how I got into the band. I was playing reggae music. Mm-hmm. And with, I was what, in the ska. What, what band were you playing? Uh, called T.I.R.E. Dread. 
Jerry Drudd. Jerry okay. Drudd. Which played so much. They're right? still around. They're, they've been around for like 35, 40 years. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did a show with you guys at the Music Box a couple years ago. Yeah. 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 Was Seamus in that band? There's on so bass? many dudes run in and out of the band. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. This would be. It's the two twins. No, not, not in bass. It's Fred and Rod. Rod, uh, is the bass player, and he's always been a bass player. Oh, okay. That, that would guitar. be a different band. Yeah, they're the twins, and they've kind of, you know, they've been doing it since the eighties, early eighties, I think. Yeah, just playing reggae music, and I joined in in the late eighties, and then I was getting into ska. I want to play some ska, and open up the reader, ska band looking for horns. Yes, and I answered it, Craig, uh, our sax player, Craig. Uh, called i called him like he said yeah, we have practice you know every thursday we had it was cool because every thursday you get get to go to practice yeah that's the kind of shit that i was talking about earlier like i miss that you know yeah it's like not not a job but it's like something you look forward to every week yeah like, yes and, and it's consistent yeah. and was a uh, tony in in uh tiari dread tony yeah me and tony yeah. were in tiari dread together and then i brought tony in into um because you guys playing. grew up, you guys grew up together, right? Yeah, and actually, I stopped playing. Oh, trombone. Feral. I stopped playing trombone uh, when we first when we me and Tony graduated in 1986 from O'Farrell SCPA, and I stopped playing my horn for like a year. I was like, eh, I was done. I was done. And then Tony brought me in, but back he's like, hey, we're having this little party at my house, and can you play horn? I'm like, nah, nah. And he's like, come on, blood. Come on, blood. You know, back then, everyone called each other blood. You know, come on, blood, just play. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And once I got that, yeah, it's like it's like a drug. It get you know, it's like a drug. Oh yeah, yeah. Playing again, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I'm back. Yeah, back. You know, so and then you know, and then what? What year was that? 1987. Okay. Yeah. And then back then, the ska scene, and it was kind of there, but not, it didn't get cute. Because me and him, he actually uh, played with, um, uh, what was it, what are they called? Um, The specials, after he got out of Vietnam. No, 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 no. Me and Tony played with uh, Gangbusters. It was Donkey Show. Donkey Shows. No, it was Angelo Moore's cousin, we went to high school with Damien Dunmore as our, our friend. Mm-hmm. Daddy Longlegs? Yeah. It was pre-Daddy Longlegs. Okay. It was pre-Daddy Yeah, I'm trying to think of what band that and, was in a can. And we played with them for maybe a couple months, two or three months. And we wrote horns and played music and played a couple shows. And, uh, you know, it was fun. You know? Yeah. So we just couldn't. Well, the way The way I think of it is... We weren't at that level, so I don't know. They wanted to progress more, and then I don't know what happened. I don't know how we. It's so long ago, you know. Like, oh yeah, was I yeah. kicked out of the band, or was I not kicked out of the band, or you know, like yeah, it's hard to remember. But yeah, it's pre Daddy Long Legs. I think we were called uh, Long Legs bad... Daddies. Was it Bad Attitude? Bad Attitude. That yeah, sounds, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah, Mike and. It, a lot, all those players that played in that band are still super musicians. Like, you know, I'm just a horn player. I kind of suck, but 
But those guys are super musicians and they're still doing it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I remember back, well, when I was hanging out with Short Lived and slowly coming up to the idea of doing what ended up doing at Soma, that would have probably been, because I graduated in 86, so later 87 was when we started, or 88, we started going to shows. And, there, you know, there would be, by then, Daddy Long Legs would be around. Yeah. Um, I think Donkey Show maybe was fizzing out, maybe. Um, but there was the, uh, rockabilly, psychobilly, but the, the shows, the ska shows were the ones that I like to go to because it was cool. Everyone was respectful. Yeah. It was really amazing musicians and it, at some of the coolest fucking places. And I could show up in my leather jacket and my mohawk yeah. and I wasn't, you know, chased down like I was some stupid punk. Even though I was, <laughs> but you know the community. I always have, have said this before, and it, with uh, John and the documentary thing is, if it wasn't for that scene, I wouldn't have been able to get the confidence to do what I did at Soma. Mm -hmm. So for me, like what I like to hear is the origin of all the bands, how they actually got together. Because mm -hmm. you know I don't have a single. Well, you know, Cockroach is something that we joke about doing again, but we already did. I think we agreed that we did four shows. But I've never had anything that had that longevity. Mm -hmm. And you guys had that brotherhood and just it, mm -hmm. you know, to me, I that's I nerd out on that stuff. Yeah. So I like I wanna know like everything, like Jeff, when what when did you come in? Where uh, I need to know all the histories. I, I was a huge fan of Buck 09 before I joined, and when I did join, I asked all those same questions and I became kind of a, a historian of the band. Like I I probably know more than half the guys in the band. Like Buck Naked came out in ninety one and blah blah blah. You know, the first cassette tape you guys did. Where did you guys record that at? Do you remember? Buck Naked? Uh no. <laughs> it, was a, it was a cassette tape, right? <laughs> yeah. And then um, <laughs> Songs in the Key of Bree came out in, what, 93, 94, something around there? Somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. I remember where we recorded that. Well, it was double time, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, Forrest. Man, who's recorded every album in yeah. San Diego. Yeah. But, yeah, Jeff joined in, what, 90, 98? 98. It's funny. I actually had a dream about a month before I got a call from Scott Kennedy that I had to fill in for Buck 09. I swear, I had a dream. I was like, I have a, I have a lot of these dreams. I've been in the Beatles, Foo Fighters. <laughs> you know, right. I still have these dreams, but uh, at the time... I still I, pretend that Ozzy's my dad. I, so, yeah. I'm always filling, I'm, he doesn't know it, but... <clears throat> I'm the fill-in drummer for half the bands on the planet. <laughs> True that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Scott Kennedy called me. He's like, hey, man. You want to try out for a real band? And I was like, yeah. Oh, oh God. His exact quote. Yeah. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I was in G-Spot at the time. And I uh, went and tried out. And that was very eye-opening because, uh, you know, G-Spot was great. My friends, we, I came home from college in 93 and joined that band at a house party. And it was just like, that was the way it was. Hmm. And they never really wanted to get on tour. And I was kind of always like, let's go on tour, guys. Let's get outside of, you know, Arizona and L.A. So I was looking to join a band that was touring. And so Scott called me. He's like, try out for a real band. I went, tried out on like the same week that Robin Diaz tried out, which was oh, yeah. <laughs> the drummer they ended up picking outside of me. He was a killer drummer, but he was more like a 
rock, rock drummer, right? Didn't have the ska chops. And they went to Australia with him and came home and they were like, yeah, he's out of the band. We Can you be in Canada him. in like a month? And I was like, yeah. But now he plays for Candlebox and shit. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's like a rock drummer, he's a, like a he's, mega he's rock He's done fine for himself. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that you don't feel guilty for... Replacing him Not at in all. a real yeah. band. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve for bowing out for that short period of time because, I mean, it just it, it changed my world, you know. And Peb's call was like, hey, man, can you be in Canada in a month? And I was like, yes. I had no passport, you know. I was like, and to get the passport rushed and I was hung up that phone call, man. I was jumping the walls like, I'm fucking buck nine, man. Like, oh, my God. And went to Canada and Japan and Australia and, you know. 15 years yeah. in that band. It was a lot of fun. But that first rehearsal, my, back to that point, was the power and the sound that the band had in that rehearsal room was mind-blowing, man. It was different so, than the band yeah. I was in at the yeah. time. So what's right. crazy is you were in the band longer than Scott. Yeah. 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 He quit. Um, what real years. band is he in now? I don't know. What is he doing? He's in a band called Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah That's no a, uh, actually no, me and yeah. scott and uh, our friend john formed a band called plural um, a few years into oh, yeah. the good thing. good and put out an album too and put out three or four records mm -hmm. i guess but you know just on our own mm -hmm. scott's still a good friend of mine to talk to him now and then um but yeah he was over it and whatever so then we got john bell <laughs> from unwritten law that was fun yeah and the we, um, bass player yeah, yeah. He was in the band for a while. Yeah, and then what? that's when, that's when Pebs had Off Ramp Records, and he yeah. he brought out, um, on that tour, he brought out the first band he signed, which Mark Arnold was in from Big Drill Car, um, the Scrimmage Heroes. Ooh. Oh, yeah, the Scrimmage Heroes. Very good band. That's the right. Scrimmage Heroes were, great. were the shit. Yep. Yeah, and who, I was you know who got, yeah, we were You know who got on the Scrimmage Heroes? You? I did. Sweet. Because Adam Neal, who was the bass player of that band, actually worked for me at Soma. Nice. Oh, he was my stage guy and he started doing sound. Yeah. So I I hey John check you know, John started yeah. the record label and yeah. I go, hey, check this band out. And that's when John was running the epicenter. That's right. Yeah. So, I remember that. I'll check them out. And then they started that tour. And then what happened with the Bell? Oh yeah. So Oh, uh, it was was Japan Bell's first tour with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we get to Japan, Bell's first tour, and Tony was always on the cutting edge of whatever technology we had. If cell phone, he had it. If there was a recording device, he had it, and he had a, a like a digital DAT device that he had bought in Japan, and we just plugged it straight into the board at the Osaka show and Tokyo shows, the two shows we played, mm -hmm. and they recorded it straight off the board, and this. The, the mixes and the sounds were so good, we turned that into a live record, which came out on Off Ramp, which okay. was one of John's uh, first records he did, I guess was ours. Hellos and Goodbyes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we, we took it to a, a, a master in LA and just had a master it. And that, that was it. Came out good. Came out pretty good. That's, yeah. The, the first uh, the first line. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. We're a little later. Drummer's out back uh, puking. And then <laughs> our drummer's throwing up, throwing up, and it's all one, two, three, because you were. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, one of just, like the four times puked. I've I've puked right before we gone on stage. Yeah. The first one was when I first joined the band. Where we were playing at uh, Belly Up. Like my, my family was there, and you know we rehearsed. I was confident, but I was like going to the show, and I was just like, blah. Okay, I'm good, ready to go. Yeah, just nerves or yeah, just like yeah. nervous energy and warm water. 
I drank like a just a thing of warm water. I was like, that didn't sit well. No. And <laughs> outside of the key club, uh, threw up one time there, and then uh, uh in Scotland. <laughs> the night Scotland? after, we, oh. the night after we were smoking hash and tobacco cigarettes. Oh me. yeah. <laughs> but going back to uh, to Bell, um, you guys were touring the U.S. when something happened to him. Yeah, we were in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, we're on our way to Pittsburgh. Luckily, we no, we got to that club. We were there. He had been looking a little peaked for the for, like yeah, four or five days before that. He was just pale as a ghost, and he was shitting blood. Yeah, he was. Oh. His blood was coming out of his his tiny. And we thought, oh, he had a bad slider at White Castle or something. You know, yeah. but he was walking across the stage during sound check in Pittsburgh and just collapsed. And oh, blood geez. was coming out of him, and it was like, whoa. And it was just instant. I called the paramedics, get him to the hospital. He was in the hospital for four days before they yeah. diagnosed him with um, Meckel's diverticulum. Yeah. Which is uh, another stomach that grows in your stomach. Well, I think it's uh, basically when you're born, you have, you know, your umbilical cord uh, from your belly button on the inside of your stomach can be a little flap of skin that slowly gets eroded by stomach acid in your 30s or so. It just (laughs) boom and you bleed out. It it took him a a few days to figure it out. Luckily, um, we had all signed up for insurance on that tour. Yeah. Cobra insurance. We all got insurance. Like which we never had had before. Yeah. The band. Yeah. The everyone insurance. Yeah. And uh, we went on tour, and that but we basically like, canceled Ooh. tour in Pittsburgh. Got in the van or the RV, and just drove back home. And that was kind of the beginning of what seemed like the end at the time. It was like, well, yeah. Yeah. we're done. That was pretty much the end of uh, scrimmage heroes, too. Yeah, shit was the ship was sinking. It was a tense, <laughs> yeah. tense uh, drive home for yeah, sure. I was there. <laughs> we were staying at a hotel that had a Howard Johnson yeah. attached to it. And in my infinite wisdom, I thought, well, the bar had closed and it just had like these swinging saloon doors. It was still accessible. It was darkened, you know. Yeah. So I walked into the bar and I grabbed a bottle of Jack Daniels from behind the bar and I thought, oh, the boys are going to love this, you know, put it in my backpack, go up to the room. You leave a 20 or and a they're like, you a- motherfucker, <laughs> you stole a bottle of Jack Daniels. I'm like, sorry, I thought like, you know, we're all just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during the course of the evening, uh, it fell over in my backpack and just soaked everything I owned. And Jack Daniels it just emptied itself. And the next morning, it was like, whap, whap, <laughs> Do the I've heard shame so to many stories about yeah. <laughs> And you just smell like a barroom yeah. floor. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't greeted with the accolades I thought I was going to be greeted with. Everybody was like, you fucking. He didn't try to ring it out and get some of it. <laughs> Suck it out my underwear, like a little bit in here. Come on! <laughs> oh God, there was times that I've I've been known in the early days to go around and try to find which beer I might have left a little bit in. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, this guy, oh, yeah, man. this guy. You round him up at the end of the night. Hey, at the end of the night, just, just go by the door and knows where all the full ones are. So just go by the door. And just, I'd always stash a couple of my in mine for the, the you know the after party. <laughs> Dad's like, I know you got a couple left. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would do I'd leave um, for a while there, so I didn't piss off. When I was doing Simpson 77, I didn't want to piss off the drummer because I was supposed to be sober at the time. <laughs> and he would just rake me about anything that was going on. He just, he, he was, the breakup was imminent. It was my band, but it was coming. So I had little gin bottles. 
And um, it was at the Ken Club. Yeah, we're just going, oh, yeah, get some picks, grab a gin bottle, and then, you know, drink it so quick. And I'm not really a gin drinker. So then I'm like, whoa, fuck, I I might puke. (laughs) I can play. I'm fine. I'm professional. (laughs) But it was, you know, obvious. I'm walking away looking like like I just freaking swilled a bottle of gin really quick. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, for me, I mean, you know, I was working just crap jobs, aerospace jobs, whatever. So when we went on tour, I was like kidney candy store. And first bus tour we did, I would just stay up all night. I would sit with the bus driver and just drink beers. I'm like, I'm seeing America, man. This is like, and these right. guys have been through the ringer a million times. They're in bed responsibly, you know, at like two in the morning. I would go to bed when the sun came up, and then they would wake me up at, yeah. like, sound check. Yeah, five or it's 5.30. Come on, our tour, managers, our tour manager's going, uh, could someone uh, wake up Jeff? <laughs> I was a vampire, man, for several tours. I never saw the daylight. So with them, did you only do bus tours? Uh, and RV, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was RV first tour, and then uh, we had one bus tour. When we're still doing, so what, you guys had uh, a tour libido. bus, yeah, yeah, nice. through TBT. We had a tour did bus. you you did vans back in the day, or one van with a trailer? Maybe I oh, yeah. never had to do a van. I, I only did RVs. That's how we started. <laughs> it was a little gray van, a little Chevy, little yeah. That was twelve passenger with our our trailer was no bigger than this table. It only fit a couple drums in there, and that was it. And that was with uh, Mike Lucena and and Roach. Yeah, our first tour. You guys had the Marp Zone, dude. Yeah. We built the Marp Zone. That's what we call it, marsupial zone in the back. Oh, yeah. So you, you, we built this little area um, out of wood, and then the bottom part, you can just crawl under there, and it's all dark, and you just like go in there and sleep the whole yeah. drive. It's like you're like a little possum or or little That That was before my days, but I would hear, hear the stories about it. I think yeah. Scott was in there, right? And you guys were towing a trailer through oh, Colorado I, or something. No, we're in Cheyenne, uh, Wyoming. Or I Wyoming. was driving. Is it the snow accident where you guys spun out? Yeah, because uh, what happened was <clears throat> I was driving and it was super windy. When 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 the weather gets like crazy, I'm the dude. Oh, okay. Dan it's, Dan's I, the man when I it comes get, to driving yeah. those RVs. He, yep, he I can, get under there. He can flip up at Yui and like with, yeah. Within three lanes, he can flip that. Yeah, if, that if stormy conditions are abound, yeah. Dan's behind the, the guy for sure. <laughs> and um, so, I'm just drive. We're just driving on the freeway. I see black ice coming. So when black ice comes, you know, you just I, I you let off the gas pedal. You just kind of let it ride over. You know, you don't touch no brakes. You just let yeah. it ride. So all of a sudden, it's so windy. Our I look in the river in the, the little side mirror, and I see our trailer just going to the, pulling to the left because it's so windy. It doesn't have a lot of weight. Right. It's it, it's so it, it blew the trailer over, and then the, when the trailer blows over, there's no coming back. That's the you oh to, shit moment right there. You try to like I saw it and I'm like oh fuck, and then I remember going to the left, to the right, to the left, <laughs> to the back. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, then all of a sudden we spin around like a couple times and we ended up in a little little you know, little ditch there. Yeah. And then uh yeah, broke out the back window. Scott was laying right there. 
He was in and, the MARP zone, which you can imagine yeah. how scary that would be being yeah. in a dark and closed space and your yeah. van's spinning so, around. That's yeah. so funny. You're you like guys, in a vortex that's just that. going. That's so funny you guys brought that up because when I toured with Papa Roach, we had the same thing, that little. Yeah, <laughs> that a little, little MARP zone. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool because I had it up until about like maybe 10 years ago. I saved the MARP zone because we would do little drawings on it. So it had like everyone's a little personal. Cool yeah. shit, their little art and little things. <laughs> awesome. It was cool. And eventually, I had got rid of it. You know, I can't save everything. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a technique that they learned from other bands. It's kind of a, you know, like, yeah, make a little space. At least one or two people can get some time off to just crash. Yeah, I remember that from early days. I mean, even skateboarders still do that. But it's just out of practicality because, you know, when before anyone had any money and if you got a van you have to utilize the whole freaking thing. And it's, you know, you're right there next to the people. So if you don't like the people you're touring with or in your yeah. band, or if there's any tension, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I never toured. Cause uh, <laughs> it, was, it was me and myself and Irene. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Cause oh, yeah. personally, I don't, I don't, I don't like driving that much and I can't drive. And when it starts raining hard, but if I got a whole bunch of people and I got someone in a little, you know, the cocoon in the back, I would, I wouldn't be screaming no shit. I'd be jumping out going, you know, you're on your own. I'm out. <laughs> so I want to bring up, you know, speaking about touring, um, I remember hearing that your guys' favorite tour was with Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smash Mouth. That was a good tour for us, actually. <laughs> You just didn't get fun. along with the band. Yeah, we. Oh, it was good because yeah, we would just take their fans every night because they, you know, they had so much radio play, and we were supporting them. And you know, we we're up and coming. We had a little, you know, my town was like, I think number uh, on the charts, like twenty something or thirty something on the charts. You know, they call it a, a soft. Hit. Well, you had 52 radio, radio stations across America our, our, playing. Our that's pretty oh, good. it's a soft <laughs> hit. It's a soft hit. Because I remember uh, the machines were recording, I think they were recording maybe battle hymns. Um, and so Jay and I and Royce uh, actually went to the Glass House. So that was the last show of that tour. And we went over there and uh, I just remember, we're talking, I think we we're talking to Scott and he was just like, oh my God, I'm so glad we're done with this, this band. I hate these guys. Yeah. They're kind <laughs> of, uh, yeah, it was a trippy time. Our, our drummer, Steve, almost beat up the singer, Steve of Smash Mouth. We were in Stone Pony in Jersey. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was setting up merch and all of a sudden our drummer, Steve, well, no, singer Steve's going down and our drummer sees behind him come here motherfucker i'm gonna kick your ass right now i'm gonna fucking he, he was literally chased him down and he wanted to beat him up wow and it came from like because singer steve was like oh, i'm more punk rock or i'm punk rock and this and that and i mean it kind of offended steve, <laughs> steve. <laughs> and he's like you ain't punk rock and he was gonna kick his ass for some reason and so was the singer Steve uh, afraid of Steve? Oh, he was running from him. Nice. That's yeah. the story I got. That guy, yeah. that guy acts like he's I like remember he I was kicking everybody's ass. Or I was on the stage, or was, and then they just went. They just went right by. I'm like, holy shit! And then, so it became like, uh, you know, and we're a band, so we're a team. We're like, 
oh, fuck those guys, you know. Oh, like, yeah. You know, hey, there's, there's, more, more, yeah. there's more of you so, guys than there is in Smash yeah, Mouth. So like, well, Somebody once told me. What happened, and this was a bus tour, too. So uh, there were always, you know, you're in a bus, and fans always, like, you know, try to get on. The and then, the, like, this group of girls were knocking on our door, on the bus door, and I, they came on the bus, and I, are you guys Smash Mouth? <laughs> oh. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> can you sign her? Can you sign her? Uh, I don't know if it's T-shirts or something. We're like, okay. So we signed it as them. And yeah. we, I, we put stuff like, <laughs> fuck you and your mom. Or I eat, I eat poo. Or, <laughs> we you know, like, yeah, we suck. <laughs> shit like that. And we signed it and we gave it back to them. And then it somehow got back to them. And then their manager called <laughs> the next day, <laughs> called our manager, our, our, and they're like, yeah. That was, they, that was Kathy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, they were yeah. so pissed. They were going to kick us off the tour over that. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's how you know pussies. they're not punk rock. Pussies. You should just fucking laugh at it. Yeah. Look, yeah. Dumbasses don't know who the band is. Exactly. Laugh at it. So yeah. they were that. That tells you they're not punk rock. And so they uh, they were going to kick us off the tour. And then our manager and the, and the label talked, and then they were like, okay, so check it out. If you guys are going to kick us off the tour, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go one day in advance yep. and play free show every day for free. And yeah. Just fuck your tour up. <laughs> yeah, just to mess your tour up. And then... Now we're on. They're the like, how are we going to get on MTV and promote that these guys are dicks? Because <laughs> Smash Mouth is the greatest band in the world. I remember asking Steve Bauer about that story. I was like, what happened? He was like, we know they would never strike their drum kit. Yeah, you know, and literally yeah. rock stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They had fucking one. So hit. tiny, like Steve literally would have been at the edge of the stage. So Steve was already just like, fuck these guys, you know. And John would have been to the right or the left. It was like that tiny of a stage. Yeah. And And you guys would be playing on the floor. Yeah, which we've had. I think Scott said he's like, I saw Steve Bauer take his glasses off and and run out the door. He's like, I knew shit was going down. Like Steve was ready to knock that motherfucker out. I saw him. (laughs) Have to give Bauer Bauer some props. Oh my God, please do. He's my hero for sure. So whose infinite wisdom was it to book you with Smash Mouth? I mean, that just that sounds well, like a label it was during a time of you know we had a little, little radio play. Mm-hmm. They were on the, the charts, so it was just um, you know they kind of like, they kind of were in that little mix of I guess friendly ska or reggae or right, you know, right, right, kind of part of that a little bit. Trying to and, do the crossover yeah. and develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so not- there was, it made sense if you're trying to like for the label, like okay, well. You know, we'll were they put them with them because were they signed with to TVT? Too? No, no, no. They're oh. they're doing like they're in somebody big big label bigger label. Shit. Yeah, they're and we. See, just, I know usually uh, label mates will tour together. You know, so yeah. It just it seems like the most bizarre. If I had to book something with Smash Mouth, it, you know, I wouldn't put Neurosis. Well, check this out. <laughs> uh, Baco Nine is. The, talking about weird tours, um, talk about Buck O'Nine and Primus together. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Les Claypool. We supported Primus 
one month tour. I, I could see that better than Smash, just because Smash Mouth to me seems like spring break. It was it was awesome for us. MTV. No, it was awesome because because what we did is you know I think we're a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys a little were bit, more guys raw, were, and then we're more raw, edgy, and, and yeah. And so every every night went in front of their crowd and just boom, killed boom, it. Just yeah, because you guys were punk. Take, they, Smash yeah. Mouth was pop. Yeah. Yeah, they seem yeah. very generated, industry yeah. generated. Yeah. So did you guys see like record sales and everything bump up because of I, that tour? I think so. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention right. back then, you know, at the numbers. I think that's more of a John question because he was more like into what are the numbers and what are we doing? And yeah. I think that's more of a am John. I, am I going to get my per diem? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't have per diems, man. You well, didn't actually, have per diems back then? Well, oh, come on. yeah, we did. Our our first per diem was $3 a day to eat. No way. For one day. Really? Yeah. Damn, that's pretty low, because I heard in the 70s... The guys Taco were, Bell, baby. The, in the no, 70s, we gave each other three bucks. Dude, we, the 70s, were they were getting paid like a hundred and something dollars or per diem no, per we, day. We wouldn't... We, Damn. Our first tour, uh, only $3 a day to eat. That's crazy. And, that and, and no catering? Uh, you might get one pizza for the whole band at night, but other than that, three bucks a day. That's all you got. I remember leaving the club with three bucks in my pocket going, yeah, I paid all the guys to clean up the live. It was a, what year, uh, what year was that? It was a venture year. Um, there. That was a, cause you could actually stretch those. That was dollars. a Scama loser tour. We called it. Cause when I was out with Papa Roach, um, I mean, we were, we were getting a lot more in, I think $15. No, we got $3. I could live off of, that's insane. I could live off of, um. Um, Whoppers. You just get uh, for, yeah. two bean burritos back then. and two bean burritos and a little taco at, at and some water. Taco Bell, and then no, no, you just order. Yeah, you get water. Scabalusa tour was the free lemons and put sugar in it. And you got lemonade. Scabalusa tour was what ninety four, yeah, five something like that. It was called Scamageddon, and it was with um, Me Three Thirty, Gangster Fun, us, and I forget. Was it Mes- Mes- I can't even say their their name. Mescafeles and Mephiscafeles, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think they were on that tour. But um Maybe Link eighty. Yeah. What happened was a lot of we all got sick and Taco and Bell. Shit. Like you know, you know when you show up to cl- you know you hear when bands show up to club and they're like, Wait, who are you? You're not booked here. And we're looking at our paper and it's like, Yeah, we are. And they're like, No, you're not. So it was, that shit was happening. And we're like, fuck. That's why we called scum a loser. <laughs> was it? Was the booking all screwed uh, up or what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the booking agent who was actually dead now because he used to do heroin. Uh, oh, no wonder. He was doing heroin while I was booking. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> Booked the wrong places and sent yeah. you guys somewhere else. We stayed at his house. He lived in the south, dirty south somewhere. And with, um, I remember we, we stayed there with... Um, What's uh, on Tang Records? Um, Boston's? No, no. It's another band. Uh, they're out of Big Fat Dudes. Uh, Tad? It's more kind of... No, I think they were on Tang They're old, old... Oh, old that's right, yeah. Punk. And we're on tour, and we stayed at our old booking agent's house with them. What's this dude's name? Oh, I forgot. But I remember he... The Samoan dude snored. No, the white dude. And he snored like fucking grizzly bear, and we're sleeping <laughs> on the floor. It's so big, and, we're like, and the whole house is rocking with his snoring. Mm. What kind of what kind of music were they? Um, 
kind of eighties punk. Like was it the, was it the Mentors? No, it's on. They're on Tang Records. Um, it wasn't. Uh, was it Battalion of Saints? No, no, no. You'll probably find him fashion me if I look it up. Yeah, I forget. Aaron, we played a show. Like we were done. We did little shows with them here and there, and then uh, I just remember sleeping at our old booking agent's house, and then his wife's sister or girlfriend was trying to hook up with band members. It was kind of weird. <laughs> 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 I was like, that, I, I don't yeah. remember that. Was, shit was fucking funny back then. <laughs> BA? BA. Is that his name? BA? He snored like a fucking. Just type into Google group of fat uh, guys on Tang Records. I know, I'm trying to. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you get overweight and shit, you know, you snore. You snore bit. like a bear. There's a lot of air coming out of that uh, belly. <laughs> There's um, like negative effects. Nope. Um, I'm trying to remember what freaking bands back then. Um, the mind's a bit foggy these days. God, the fog is foggy. It's hard. <laughs> I start thinking of something, and I go, oh, yeah, I should probably. Oh, skateboards. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> skateboards. <laughs> oh, something haunted. Yeah. What was I doing? Oh, yeah, my pants. Are, I, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Jeez, skateboard squirrel. <laughs> Butterfly. I did that once, a graphic, completely off the subject, but I I did uh, just the little dotted lines, you know, or, you know, little dots going across a whole deck and then a, a butterfly. Yeah. That's a, oh, look, a skateboard, crossed it out, butterfly. I think I uh, sold it or probably gave it away. And all it these wasn't a very far around. <laughs> you painted all these? Yeah, the majority of them, Amazing, yeah. Amazing, man. So, so I brought up the uh, Smash Mouth tour. How was the uh, face-to-face tour? Um, the one through Canada? When you guys were uh, promoting 2018. <clears throat> that was, I think we, that was, I don't know if that was. That's the first time you guys played Ventura. Because I know we, we did a whole face-to-face tour in Canada. Well, this was America. Okay. Because you guys, play, again, that was the first time you guys played Ventura because I was with you guys when you guys played Ventura the second time. Oh, I just I'm I mean Why I'm sure it was good. I mean I love face to face so nobody like, remembers. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I, remember I remember exactly the, what happened. This I remember is the, a... the Canada tour. Well, you don't you don't remember Scott Shiflet, the bass player from face to face? He yeah. he was in a he had neck surgery. He was in a like a like a brace around his neck. Oh, that one. Yeah. That was the later days. I'm thinking about the earlier days. No, yeah, this is after after twenty eighteen. This is uh you guys were out promoting that album with face to face. We were. Well, I know I know, I know that Bucko Nine did tour with Face to Face probably before twenty eighteen. Well, this was after. No, this is during twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was one of the first tours you guys we did. Went, right? we, um, it was after remember, it was out. You were on tour when we tried to get Meeks. Remember uh, a hooker? That was that was with Suicide Machines in Canada. Oh, wrong. Yeah, See? it all it, it all <laughs> meshes. Yeah, that was my first tour. Was Suicide Machines through Canada, and yeah, we tried to get our route in. A hooker. a hooker for his birthday. So that's the one that Peeps called you up and said, Canada, yeah, 30 days. My, my oh, first oh, yeah. 30 days, get a passport, get your shit together. I was just like, yeah. So Suicide you, so machines, you, man. Yeah, Fuck the first yeah. tour was with the machine. Yeah. Cool. Yep. What yeah, year, the machine what year was that? 1998. 1998. July. Nice. 15th. It was a Wednesday. 
<laughs> I, I have a weird um my first uh presentation to the suicide machines oh yeah i've heard, yeah, I heard, I heard uh, the story before <laughs> it's very good <laughs> it's very good i guess you can talk about it because the guys you're going to talk about are oh, not yeah. the band anymore it was right? like 95 i think 95 because I, I used to be like a custodian for the school district here. Mm-hmm. So I used to be able to take like a month leave of absence and shit. So I flew out, I think, was it Buffalo? I forget where it was. I flew out. The guys already were on tour and I, you know, had to do my, my job. Mm-hmm. And then I flew out and when I was going, they're like, oh yeah, this band, we're touring with band. They're, they're, they're kind of crazy. They're crazy. And, so first thing I, I show up and a couple of the, the suicide guys came up and they, you know, they try to, they come up on you try to pat you on the dick and shit. And you're like, okay, go ahead. So what? <laughs> and, and that was probably one, those guys touring is pretty rad. Cause they had this thing called shit on command. <laughs> and I watched it. They literally would just pull their pants down, open their their cheeks up, and shit, like just <laughs> splat, splat. <laughs> You're like, what? The That's a great punk name. Fuck. <laughs> That's the name of my new band. And yeah. then they had a they had a roadie. His name was uh, S- Slave Steve. And. It's just already is getting bad. Yeah, well, it was rad. They would hook up. They weren't woke. Were oh, they? it's rad. They were like, I can make my dick fart. Yeah, dude. And you're like, the dick nah, what? They're like, yeah, I'll show you. And they would literally put straws. They put it straw starch like the mini hole, coffee and straw, then, and then put them all together to where they all the way to their mouth, and they would blow air into their dicks. <laughs> Blow air. Oh my lord! And they're like, watch it fart. And they'd pinch and it literally, out like- yeah, they would blow air into their fucking dickhead <laughs> and fucking fart out of their dick. Oh my lord! So how long have they been on the road? <laughs> yeah, and they were kids. They were like eighteen, nineteen. The suicide machines oh, okay. were definitely machine. dick obsessed. We used to have yeah. uh, forty boat parties oh, at Mama San's. There, I think Royce lived there in their basement. Where we go to. Detroit, we have 40 boats. They would just literally come with crates of 40 boats and we'd go in the basement and just have a fucking party all night long. And then Royce would put on animal porn like <laughs> at about four or five in the morning. That's Royce. Yeah. Who's, now a, who's now an attorney. Now, he's now an attorney. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Royce. Were those the Depends parties? Yeah, we just nah, shit put on animal porn. And we sit there going, ah, but you still can't stop looking. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it, I'm having... Too many flashbacks of weird parties. No, animals fucking humans. Yeah, or humans fucking animals. Yeah, both. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and and not the furry ones. You're like, ah, gross. Were they were they playing uh, German scat porn too, or any of that kind of crazy stuff? (laughs) I I had heard so many stories about suicide machines before we went on tour. I think uh, Royce famously got naked in Scott's sleeping bag. Yeah, I heard about that. Scott, our, our our original bass player, homophobic a little bit here and there. No, they they well, he wasn't homophobic. We were what, what was it? I think. He, <laughs> he was dickophobic. No, it was the same tour where 
you know, like the guys tell me they're going to fuck with you. I'm like, okay, touch my dick. I don't care. Like I've been on tour, whatever. So Scott's like, no, he was always like, he was you know, fighting when, it. When you, when you show that you care, oh, they're going to fuck with you more. Right. You oh, know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Don't give a so shit. one night we're staying in, I don't know, some, some bar. It was like a old house or someone's family had an old house in some fuck Egypt cornfield and all the bands stayed there and so literally everyone's sleeping bags in the living room everyone's just hanging out and then um Scott had to go pee so against Royce and slave Steve got butt naked and they went in his sleeping bag <laughs> together so so when when Scott got out of the bathroom to come back to his sleeping bag they're like Hey! <laughs> Come join us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. sausage party. Our, our last show. Oh, it's fucking funny as fuck. Our last show of the tour when I was with them, uh, we were playing the show and they had Royce or somebody in the band had put baby powder in between my hi hats. <laughs> and I was playing this fucking just. <laughs> Powder is just going, and then Royce comes up behind me, butt naked, oh, yeah. rubbing, rubbing his, his dick. dick and balls on, on my back. Because I, I was that. shirtless, I'm playing. It's like, yeah, these motherfuckers. Don't, don't <laughs> for a whole show, just, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, butt naked. Yes, yeah. That sounds like Royce. I love that shit. I still have the scars from that. <laughs> actually, I actually miss Royce. I hadn't seen him in years. Yeah, yeah. he was such a fun dude. Yeah. <laughs> No, oh, my lord. Nice <laughs> cock, too. <laughs> From what you can was, feel? Was it big? <laughs> it was big, smooth, and veiny. Yeah. And farty. <laughs> and it would fart. Did he, did he shoot darts out of it? <laughs> I'm sure he could have. That motherfucker could do anything. I'm amazed he didn't join the Jim Rose Sideshow Circus. <laughs> Totally, Jim would have fucking <laughs> definitely gotten a kick out of it. Yeah, those basement parties are pretty rad. One good memory too with those guys was drinking at this hotel. We got one room, and somehow they knew how to get up to the roof and had a secret route. <laughs> and we would just we went up on a roof, drank all night, and threw all our bottles at the abandoned building across the street. You drink, you just throw your bottles. Fucking hooligans. Oh, so was that in Detroit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah of course, they knew all the, the haunts and places to go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good memory of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those Didn't their van get there. broken into when we were on tour with them in Detroit? We were playing at St. Andrew's Hall. Probably. We came out and their fucking their van got it's gone. Busted. Yeah. yeah. That was gone. Somebody stole it. And we no, they just both busted in and stole some shit from them. We were staying at Royce's house that night, I think. Right? <laughs> Detroit's not a but, savory city. No. Well, like we went um, early, early days. Went with uh, Struggle. Some of the guys in Struggle and Short lived to play Gilman, and that's where I made a bunch of contacts that I brought down and was able to get like ill repute. And he Green, um, Green Day. Tony brought me. Well, that was afterwards. That's that's the closet. I'm playing with my shoes story, but um, Tony from Ill Repute, he brought um, offspring. Yeah, which they, for a tour with the Grim, and that, that's I brought that up. But nonetheless, they weren't big at that time at all. 
But when we were up there, we stayed at this place called the Bates Motel, and I actually wrote lyrics out for awesome. a song, and it was in um, in Oakland. So we had a van where the non-partiers were. Then we had a U-Haul, which was big enough to put the van, all the equipment, and probably a few homeless people in, or some bodies if you need <laughs> to get rid of them. Yeah. It was huge. So <laughs> because we didn't have enough sense to bring equipment in, we would make people sleep in the vehicles right. in case yeah. they got broken Monitor, into. Because yeah. they'd be yeah. killed. I think you guys had Roach and, do that. <laughs> Roach would do it. Yeah, yeah, Roach would sleep in the, in yeah, the bus. Yeah, he would do it. We're like, no, dude, yep. sleep. He's like, nope. Security. I'm watching the shit. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, it's almost like he was a dog. We're like, no, dude, sleep in the room. He's like, yeah. no, I'm sleeping in a van. We learned that the hard way Roach. in Vegas. So it's- Roach, was, Roach. Roach was the man. But that's the stuff on the road that people don't think about unless, yeah. you know, yeah. they've been on the road because there's certain places you pull up and, you know, luckily, you know, Selma was different, but downtown, you guys remember downtown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not watching your back and you go around the back end at that loading dock down there, who knows what could happen? Yeah. So if you have a car down there and you leave anything in it, a guitar or anything, gone. It's, it's gone. It's gone. If your car's even there. Yeah. And then the idea of getting police down to do anything about it is, why? Then they're going to shut down the show. Well, that was the funny thing with Union Street. Or I shouldn't say funny, but scary. You don't. You didn't know if you were going to make it into the venue, and then you yeah. didn't know if you are going to make it out of the venue. Because it was just so so much chaos going on. Yeah. And, and I don't remember if I necessarily always had to lock up that one on my own. But, um, yeah, at night, even going down there in the day. When I go down there and open it up, but at night, and then also as we were talking with um, earlier about the cockroaches, freaking cockroaches are, you know, and they fly. So I'm in there, you know, mopping up the bathrooms at the end of the night or whenever one of those fucking things comes out and tries to eat my face. So I scream like a little girl. Because ah! famously you hate cockroaches. Oh, I hate them. That's why I named the band Cockroach. I know, right? <laughs> God, I hate those fucking things. Downtown was gnarly, but no, the Thunderdome. It's, I mean, looking at those pictures, God, it was, it was like iguanas, but not, it not, was not it as, was, not as clean as iguanas. Yeah. Not, no, it was, I cleaned the fucking place. It wasn't, it wasn't as nice that, as that was. That was actually my favorite. Iguanas? Soma. Or Union. Yeah. No, iguanas down in TJ yeah. we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my favorite. Three story, stories. Three stories. Do you guys All ever play yeah. iguanas and have them serve you beer out of a five-gallon bucket with a ladle? Because no. that was pretty awesome. No. <laughs> like, literally, backstage, we played there. It was a, it was a plastic five-gallon bucket that you would put concrete in for a job site. Yeah. It was full of beer, and there was a fucking soup ladle, and you would just... <laughs> ladle it into yes. your cup and like <laughs> Viva Mexico. You know the thing I remember. Only in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I remember about iguanas was it the, tastes a little bit like bleach. The guys yeah. walking around with the tequila bottles and pouring it oh, down your course, throat. Yeah. Through the whistle. whistle. Yeah, of course. And then you jump off the third third story <laughs> into the pit. Oh uh, yeah. Those those were the days. Speaking of ladle me a beer. So Union was was I that's my favorite. I mean that's where I I started everything. Yeah. That's yeah, my you know. favorite Soma. But remember the Scottish Rite Center. Oh, I remember playing yeah. that show every time I pass it. Even to, to this this week. <laughs> I do this. I pass it and I remember the shows when it was shut off for a while. Yeah. Scottish Rite. 
You well, were doing yeah. What about because we the, were trying to find Metro? Yeah. What about the sports that. arena? And guys, I was. In, you guys played at the sports arena a couple yeah, times. All those yeah. New Year's shows are yeah. fucking awesome. Man. Awesome. Yeah. If you can get that lineup right now, shit. I just got freaking chills thinking about it. Can you imagine? Sold out. Yeah. Oh my lord, those are big chills. Just to get half of those bands, like the first one when um, we had Deadbolt. Yeah, I think that was uh, another Deadbolt. one that I, I had to. Deadbolt. Yeah, it was Deadbolt. I still, I love those guys. They had the image on stage and the sound. Oh, they still do. If if I still playing, if I was a little loose on the alcohol right now, then I would do my Harley impression. The, the scariest band in the world was. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. My wife still has a sticker. We have an old scariest band, and actually. Again, I know I brought it up before, but it, Deadbolt is one of the original bands that, and when I very first started, even before I was booking shows, who I talked to, I talked to Harley and Les, and I'm like, yeah, I'm making this compilation. So eventually, I got to book them at Soma, but you know, there was what six bands in the bar, and then another. But they they were twelve. Yeah, remember back in the day. But I tell her, like, back in the day, you had summer bands, you had Casbah bands. Mm-hmm. Casbah bands would, you know, the original Casbah, 50 people. Right. 75 people. That'd be like Inch yeah. and yeah. No Knife. Yeah. And, yeah. and they were getting the all cool the love. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. All the, the indie love. bands. It was all Casbah bands getting the love. And then, getting, wow, getting the signed. Soma bands were... Selling out 1,500, 2,000 people. And it was like, I remember back in the day thinking, like, why? Hmm, this is kind of weird. Like, they're getting all the love, all the Casbah bands. Right. And we're selling out this venue that's holds two. And then bringing one of them every now and again to open up. And they bring in 200 people, mm-hmm. maybe. But... Yeah. And now we're a Casbah band. <laughs> well, the other thing is, we're old now. Where are those Casbah bands? They never went anywhere with those. Yeah, whatever they got signed, they didn't really go. They're anywhere. on compilations all over this world. They're on a documentary called "It's Gonna Blow," and yeah, it blew. <laughs> yeah. There's that. I mean, I don't want to completely throw, you know, a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks, but. I will admit, for what I was trying to do and trying to, you know, build the bands and build a scene, um, it was bad enough that I was trying to do it under Len, but somehow I was able to kind of do what I did, and then eventually, you know, everyone was taken away from me, ripped away like candy, and I'm just standing there going, I gotta find new bands to develop, because, you know, everyone graduates to the main floor. But the scene was so... It was just so split. It was literally the the bands that might be able to bring in a couple hundred people, really, you know, talented. And in our town, we're not fucking L.A. We're San Diego, and these are all San Diego bands. But then you got like the Shea Cafe, yeah. and then when Ezod started doing whatever his thing, Soul and then Kitchen. like Soul Kitchen, and yeah. the division, and just the idea that no one could like put it all together and go, you know what, we're all in the same fucking town. Right. We could either pay to play, or we could, you know, keep being clicky, but, I mean, shouldn't we all be going for the same goal? And then out of that, once the money started coming in and people started getting picked up and then, you know, you started to tour properly, it was like, you know, things were already falling apart at that point, but you finally got an opportunity to do those things. There's so many bands that didn't. 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful to Soma and Len and uh, you know everybody back then for G Spot. Um, we were opening for all the coolest bands. Like we never toured, but we were like able to open for a lot of cool bands, and we got to do one of those. New Year's Eve sports arena shows and that was yeah. like mind blowing because I had seen Van Halen there and the Scorpions and like now I'm sitting on the fucking stage at the sports arena playing a show. Met yeah. Tim Armstrong backstage and I think the Aquabats played and that shows so it was like yeah. uh, you know, Travis Barker. I think that's the one where I was doing fart jokes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and were, uh, the, he, the he, keyboard player for Unsteady, what's his name? John. Not John. Oh, Moore, no, but, um, um, oh my God. You know, keyboard guy. Dread, dread, dreadlocks. Um, oh man, I cannot remember. Totally I, I see his blank. face, but yeah. anyway, he was backstage Shout with his out. girlfriend and and had a uh, had a, had a camera and took a photo of me and Tim Armstrong and me and and, um, and Travis Barker at the time before he was in Blink, I think. And to this day, I was like, "Where are those photos? Could you just could your girlfriend find that?" disposable you. camera yeah. picture and just send it to me because it was pretty cool. And, yeah. you, and you guys are playing in front of 7,000 people. It there. was amazing, man. It those, yeah. those that shows was a were crazy experience. As, that, as, as much as we hated them, we did love them because that hey, was a great event. Yeah, again, see, I'm getting chills because yeah. for me, it just basically everyone, my first concert, my first real concert was Iron Maiden yeah. with Twisted Sister opening up. Uh, I was so fucking bored and I was so scared. I was young and I, I never really went to shows. I wasn't, you know, I was pretty much, it's the same thing at some. I just, I'm in the back, I'm hidden. I don't like being in the crowd. If I am, I'm, you know, yelling bomb or whatever <laughs> just to get through people because they, you know, nervous. I don't want to, you know, but all those fucking bands playing and how big this scene got and playing at the sports arena it was huge i mean come the fuck on that that's was incredible that's kind of that's pretty that f- double middle fingers fuck you it was a winter we did it. new year for sure man it just it's, it was, you, it know was, what, you know what's weird all class thinking about it badass. it started in 94 mm-hmm. at the sports arena doing those new year's eve shows mm-hmm. and it ended in 2004 oh wow yeah and i just thought of that and i did they did i huh? did all of them except for the first one who played 2004? Well, it was the 2003, the 2004. Yeah, but that was the last bands, one. Do you remember the lineup? Um, I think me first and the Gimme Gimme's mm-hmm. were like the headliner on that one. It was a, it was like Thrice, Yellow Card. Um, shoot, I can't even remember. Yeah, I think the year we did it, 96 or so, it was like Aquabats, Voodoo Glow Skulls, you know, G-Spot Open. I think maybe Blink. Because... What was weird? Yeah, Blink was, would have been there. Unwritten Law. Yeah, Unwritten Law. Bucko Nine. Bucko Nine should have so the, obviously been there. Those New Year's Eve shows started at when Metro, when Solo came to Metro. Yeah, and then Golden Voice did one of them, and then uh, and then there was none from '99 um, until 2002, because wow. we did we did 2002 to 2003. And then 2003 to 2004. And How does that come about? How do you guys get a, a venue like the sports arena to agree to a fucking New Year's Eve show? And, um, in advance? I'm trying to remember. Like, <laughs> you have to pay somehow. for it in advance? Yeah, we got well, yeah. yeah, to rent it, rent it out and just yeah. say, okay. Some infinite, because we were doing, remember the Summer Slams, which we were talking about earlier. It's The, the name was kooky because I thought of wrestling and yeah. and all that, but however many bands we were 10 bands or whatever we were doing for those and but len always i mean you got to give it to him he had a vision he's like i want to fucking take over the sports arena you know and primarily those things were local bands so it's 
somehow in his infinite wisdom, he was able to talk to the the powers that be well, to let a bunch it, of freaking. It was the owner, Ernie Hahn, back then. Well, he must have. That's something. How, and that's how we got some SD. That's how we got the theater because Ernie Hahn owned that. You know, I'm, I'm not here to cast any disparaging remarks on Len because we all know the rumors and stuff oh, yeah. from the day. But you got to hand it to the guy. He was a hell of a businessman. He knew yeah, what he was He doing, made it happen. And he could fucking do. Did you know he wanted to be our manager? Yeah. Yeah. Then, oh. then there was the rumors. No, that, I never knew that. Then there was the rumors <laughs> that uh, he had Kathy beat up, other manager. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Yeah. I remember hearing something about that, too. Is Len living in the Cayman Islands now? What is he doing? <laughs> Who knows? Around <laughs> around <laughs> yeah, not, he I don't the know. Money and run. He did that. It's, he did that with the uh, Golden Voice and Metro. He sold, yeah. basically sold the name to Golden Voice and took off. Wow. Yeah. I am. Um, oh. Yeah. But, I, uh, and then if we we can just hey, leave it at that. Cause, yeah. I mean, I can keep saying fuck you. Knocking at my door any, late at night. If we have any sports <laughs> arena questions, we can ask Dan. He works there now. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got a badge. I got a bag. We can get in there for free. What about the um, the old Samoan that was um, Tony? He yep. he passed away. He passed away. There's a there's a little plaque on on the in the ramp. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, because I would see him every now and again. I'd be there at the swap meet or something. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, see, I got chills right now just thinking about it because awesome. those guys took care of me. Yeah. I mean, when it came down to it, they just you know and. I know who I was well, back they were, then. They were I'm not really <laughs> right. The, they were bouncing at Soma. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because Tony was, I think, related to Misa. Yeah, Lawrence. yeah. He was um, uncle or something. That's why when we first did the first show there, you know, you guys remember what I, I remember looking like. out in the crowd to be the couple Simone. I just call them the Simone brothers, and yeah. then he'd right there and mm-hmm. he'd be ground like, control, ha- you know, happy and just yep, like, yep. Yeah, and you were cool and you're like, "What's up, man?" And they would just do their job. And they weren't dicks, and they were just like, "Yeah, help people." Because you know like, what, too, um, I remember all they, they had, just all they had was be the presence. Yeah, and yeah. nobody was going to get out of line. Who's going to fuck these with big that guys? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially and when, when, when people, they could just pick you up, dude. I remember that when people did get out of line, and a lot of times it was like either skinheads or these navy guys that were drunk. Right. Mm-hmm. Lawrence would be just walking one of them out. It was never a, a kid from the scene. It was always some outsider bullshit that would happen. You know? Yeah. Kids, yeah. Kids knew what to do. They, yep. they, there was, it was a major respect thing. And see, that's yep. that, again, all the formulas that we had going on there is what made it so amazing. It was so great, man. It was a magical venue, magical time. Yeah. I think about it often and fondly. It's so cool. It took, took me a, a long time, actually, to come out of my shell because i was just gonna write a book where i was just gonna you should still i was just gonna beat the shit out of everything but we have a better plan but the idea of doing a podcast and actually talking with people i love it because you know a lot of people i never had a personal relationship with i was just i'm there i'm doing my thing or if you're lucky this is jaron from soma yeah can you play um the show with cockroach Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need you there at six o'clock. Don't be fucking late. You get one guest per person to road crew. That'll be all. Thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I was just doing, but I didn't know any better. I, I was a kid. I was, you know, I'm the same age. I was when I started doing that. I was 21 years old. So I, I didn't know. I never ran anything. The only thing I ran from was cops. 
<laughs> you know. And since we since we got Dan here, I gotta I gotta play this little ditty here. Oh, there we go. Maybe Dan can talk about this here. That's one of my favorites off Fundamental. Oh, it's a man. great song, Danny. Still That's awesome. It has that live. impact still. Uh, you know? Yep. I don't know if we'll ever do it live. Got you, man. It's, it's a bunch it's, of grandbaby. Yeah. Going back to giving me chills. That's it's awesome. A, it's a good song. It is. Yeah. Some people think, well, it is a love song. But they think it's about a girl. It is about a girl, but it's about my grandbaby. Yeah. So, I'm that's tearing another up reason now. why Not you need joking. to play it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do, do it once. got to do it live once. I think we tried once and then it Didn't failed. Work. Like, well, Tony we tried was it during teeth. rehearsal and everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, we're not going to do it. I'm like, okay, whatever. So you guys never rehearsed it? Um, we, I think we tried to rehearse it to play it. and Well, you might have to play it now because John might have to take a break. Yeah. So he might leave the stage. Hey, and then, is. I can sing it. And then John can wheel off you. in his wheelchair to the side and you can sing a song for him. Yeah. And he will back on. I can see yeah. Like singing about my grandbaby while gonna, in his wheelchair. I don't, I don't know if you knew this, but I was actually uh, writing up the set list for this tour we're going to oh, do. Oh, serious? Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to throw that in there. Yeah, throw it in Definitely, there. man. I want to hear that song live. That'd be awesome. So yeah, definitely. Um, Got to be a first. Even if it's a last, you know, at least, at least it's I would, done once. Yeah, I would try it. I mean, I'd probably forget. No, I can just... That's why I loved Fundamental for that reason. It was like, dude, you guys put a song, you know, like something that kind of deep and obscure of a song yeah, from the band. Like that shows real growth, I think, in a, in a band like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, put your put your song on, you know, the song you and Tony wrote, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. That album's good. It's so good. Yeah, it's a great record. Yeah, me, me and Tony have a formula. Well, we just get drunk together and then write songs it's a good formula it works we've been doing it for years <laughs> <laughs> well you guys known each other pretty much your whole lives right yeah since we were around 14 14 yeah. for some reason i was thinking younger but 14 yeah about 14 so high school yeah i think eighth grade we were in i think when i first met tony 14, yeah. And O'Farrell was like a performing arts school, right, down in Otai? Originally, it wasn't. O'Farrell was just a junior high, and then SCPA came in. That's where the bad kids went? Uh, <laughs> well, originally, but then right. SCPA came from Roosevelt into O'Farrell in like 1980 shit. 
83 or something. I forget, but I was in O'Farrell's seventh grade, and then in my eighth grade year, it changed over to SCPA. Cool. And that's what created what I do now. You know, like it's weird how those those little things that, you know. Does set, that set school you on the still path. exist? Like, can yeah, we get. It's, it's in Benita now. We need more schools like that. Yeah. Promote art. And but that little. Music. Because that school came to my junior high, it created me to doing what I do now. It's rad. It's it is rad. Well, my my cousin yeah. my cousin started his band from a musical high school, and they're pretty big. Uh, Blue October from Texas. Nice. And so and it all started in high school. Mm-hmm. So. I was lucky. I went to Mount McGill High School, um, like eighty five through eighty nine, and I come from a you know I'm the youngest of six kids in my family. They all went to the same high school in the seventies. The marching band was kick ass, like all the way through Rose parades every year, you know, and then it took a dump in like the early eighties, 83, 84. By the time I was a freshman there, it was like 50 kids in the band. It sucked. And we had a new director and we built that program back up to Rose parade status in four years. But without that experience, you know, like I wouldn't be, Playing and, drums and, like the way I am. And like, think of it now because it's so important to have those kind of programs. Schools, oh, yeah. Most schools now don't even have that. They got rid all. of the arts. They're they got just, rid of the yeah. industrial trades. And, they just you know. take all the funding out of the arts and the, and the music and the gaff. Yeah. Put it into whatever. My, um, my stepdaughter from the school right up here, the middle school, because I had a violin. I had traded her violin for a piece of art or something. I'm like, oh, I want a violin. Because I always wanted to add strings to my heavy, like, droney, guttural music. Right. But I never learned. So she's like, oh, I want to play it. And this was, oh, God, um, I think she was 10 or 11. And because of that and doing those, and then when she went to even Point Loma, she was still doing instruments. So she can do the sisophone, tuba. She did marching band, um, tuba. She can pretty much pick up any instrument and she can understand it and she can read music and all that, which is amazing. That's great. And for me growing up in Mira Mesa, I graduated in 86. If it wasn't for all the art classes, like all of them, I wouldn't have gotten out of high school. Yeah. But music, which is funny is I took, (laughs) I took a guitar class and I got a D. The only thing I really brought out of that was I was using the, the, you know, the, freaking uh music stand and i was trying to loosen it up to pull it up and it came and i got this scar right above my nose it just ping i did the same exact thing once <laughs> and i the teacher told me go home and deal so i went home and i told my mom and i'm like yeah I'll just fuck it i'll just go skate she's like no put a band-aid on it and go back to school and all the guys made fun of me in there oh you fucking suck so that's why i ended up doing vocals um one of the bands I tried out was uh, Mind's Eye, John's old band. Oh, John? And they, they, they denied me. I've been denied by some of the weirdest <laughs> bands. But um, You could and, have been a world-class violinist. <laughs> I fucking couldn't play that thing if I had to. It's still to this day, but that's why I play the bass, and I play it like a guitar, because mm. it's my way of saying, fuck screw out. you, pal. Yeah, fuck out. I'm gonna, and I'd use all the distortion and all that. I love but, it. Yeah, I mean, the, the arts in the schools, 
That's one of the things that they're, you know, canceling out more and more and more and more. Yep. And it's going to be the demise of our culture, man, I'll tell you right now. It's just Well, definitely things aren't going to be the like they were back in the they day. They will never I mean, be the same. Just yeah. like the scene that... Video know, games have overtaken learning an instrument. It's, oh, yeah. You're fucked. It's even like, yeah. like, like what uh, Jaron was bringing up with this company of these kids that were trying to put these shows together. And yeah. It was, you know, we tried to guide them and teach them what they needed to do. And um, technology is just kind of, kind of messed a lot of stuff up, actually. Yeah, it's made things easy, but it's also yeah. I mean, it's good and bad to both. You know, there's definitely good and bad to both. I taught at the School of Rock for almost a year. It was a tough, tough gig. No, and uh, it was in Vista. Okay, okay. They have one in OB for a little while. Yeah, and um, man, there'd be like a five year old kid that could just kill it on Led Zeppelin, and there'd be a fourteen year old kid that just didn't know it was right from left. You know, it's like. You either have it or you don't. Well, look and at look like, at Alon Rubin. You find the kids that have guys, some natural talent and fucking push them. You guys were yeah. you were Alon Rubin, right? Nine yeah. year old kid just pounding the drums with FON right. back at Metro, and now he's he's been inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Nine Inch Nails. Exactly, it's crazy. Exactly, got to start at Metro. Right, so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, identify these kids early on. If you have a natural talent for that kind of stuff, push them into that. If you have a yeah. natural talent for math, push them into that. I mean, that push is, is a is a wrong word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Encourage. Yeah, it's the same. Piano, drums, yeah. guitar, music. At least have it available. Sing. And not push them, you know, don't stack up the odds and, oh, Give you're not good enough. To, to, it's the same go. thing with skateboards, because right. for a while I was taking skateboards and I'd make them complete and I was giving away to kids. No, No strings attached. I didn't post the pictures of the kids or anything. It's just realistically, I got, I don't know, probably about a grand in, in um, donations, which with my connections, I was able to make that basically about three grand worth. Right. All my time, all my money. But the thing of giving a skateboard to a kid, just like, you don't have to ride it right now. Yep. You could pick it up in 20 years. Right. You could be like me, 53, and think about skateboards all the fucking time. Yeah. Same thing with music and art. And, you know, my daughter, she's still, she does illustration. It's all on computer stuff. So I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know how to do it. But she's people like really the, I, I love talented. the art of skateboarding. I love the look of the decks. I love surfing. I can't do either one to save my ass. I can barely snowboard. Right. And that was 20 years ago. But I, I still love the art all. of it. I love to yeah. watch people do it. Like, you know, there's, there's nothing to say that. Like, well, because I can't do it, I don't like it or whatever. You know? Right. It's like music. You know, there's a lot of people that can't play music and they they love it, obviously. Music appreciation. Right, music appreciation classes, on and on. So, yeah, there's a there's a place in this world for all things. Yeah. Uh, art. So, Jeff, what, what band are you in now? Uh, currently playing with Johnny Wagon and the Tennessee Suns. We haven't done much since the pandemic. And, and what's the style of that music? I like to call... Um, I thought you quit. No, I never quit. You told me that like two weeks ago. So. I like to call it uh, Sorry, a cross Johnny. between Elvis and Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wait, did you huh? tell me that like a couple weeks ago? I never said that. They quit for a day and they went back. Uh, thanks, Dan. Never said that. Thank you. 
he must have dreamed it. No, I, I, you know, I, I, I get it. frustrated with music. Okay, sometimes. that's what it was then. And I, I like my time off from it. And it's been a nice break. Okay. Because I've been doing it so long that hauling my drums around to gigs and setting up and pulling down. A lot of work. You, get, you, have those, yeah. you just get a natural burnout that happens. And you're that's like, why, oh, having a reprieve from it for like a year is all kind of nice. Needs a tech. But, right, that's true. Yep. I've never been able to afford one, but. um, I was your roadie. Yeah. The closest I ever got was Dan helping me. <laughs> it certainly wasn't John Pebsworth. He would sit there and watch me load my drums every day. I love you, John. <laughs> He's like, I'm a singer. I don't fucking load drums. I'll be I'm at the bar. Here. <laughs> my next life, I'm going to be a fucking flute player, asshole. <laughs> uh, Speaking of, don't we have. Jeff on flute. And <laughs> 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 blowing bubbles. Oh, we already discussed that part. He's Sorry. a flautist? <laughs> wow. Crazy. But yeah, yeah so, I, I, you know, I, I miss it and I want to get back to it because it's what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah, once it's in your blood, you can't get it out. But my, my, ruster, uh, my, my, my Rusty, my brother Rusty, uh, is a great guitarist. We have a little pseudo studio we called shabby roads at his garage and we um we record you know almost you know two or three times a month and we'll do like let's do a beatles song let's do a bowie song let's do an eagle song and we'll just go in and i've got my drums there we've got the full recording gear we've got the mics got everything and nice and that's a lot of fun because then you can you know i'm into the recording aspect of music more than i am maybe the live performance at the moment but I, i miss i miss live performing for sure yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. A lot of people were missing it for a couple of years there. Yeah, of course. It's crazy. You know, you took it for granted and then it's gone. I took up painting too here and there, you know, over the years. I I, I got some watercolors during my um, stint with my stomach issue. I went to Walmart or Walgreens one night. It was just like watercolor, you know, yeah. paper. And I just painted for like a month. <laughs> it was fun. Pretty that's good awesome. too, though. Yeah. Start any any sell, outlet you, you can need to get. start selling yeah. your artwork. Yeah. Etsy, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I even had a art gallery at one point. It was a dark arts gallery and that was it was pretty crazy. It was kind of the same thing. I didn't really bring in well, you did. You, you know did, the, the you common. Did, you did make some money because some of you, you, some of them, you, you signed John Wayne Gacy, and they were those were selling. Those were yeah. Those did really good, and um, I would give them a, a pubic hair, and I didn't tell them who it was from, but I didn't tell them who it wasn't from. Um, no, the gallery was called the Lunatic Fringe, and it was that's when I was pre just doing primarily skateboards, so like the canvases and stuff in here. And then I even got into like charcoal and um, I love watercolors. I'm not, I, I like Manson's, Marilyn Manson's style and I've seen some of his work and I was inspired by it. And, but I just, my, my daughter could do it, but I was never very good with watercolors. Yeah. But as far as music, my whole thing is being able to hold a band together or actually put a band together and not have the drama. Cause I'm not, a, I don't tour. I, I work all the time. I like being at home. Um, I do, and Jerry and I have discussed this a lot. Is I what I miss is booking the shows. I miss setting it up. I miss I just miss all that being the facilitator. Yeah, and then if I can throw my band in and do a few songs, 
you know, it'll motivate me to actually put together a project. But other than that, it's, I mean, my wife and I will mess around and I'll, I'll do some heavy distortion sometimes, but I'll just, I'll find myself sitting in the stool just using a phaser and we're just playing whatever mellow stuff or I'll even grab the acoustic guitar and play. Yeah, It's in the blood, but to go through all the work like touring at Dan, how old are you now? 73? No, I can't. <laughs> I, Minus 20, 53. I couldn't do it. You know, we're the same age. I couldn't. The idea of even doing like a weekend's worth it. of gigs. I'm still on tour every day right now. Well, doing doing short stints is fun, right? Like for three weeks. I've been my life. Yeah. Day, so it's <laughs> two weeks or a weekend. Yeah. But three months. Fuck. No, I couldn't do it anymore. Unless it was like luxury Hilton private jet masseuse. I'm thinking about it in Caviar. my Ford F-150. and <laughs> <laughs> No, I could not do that anymore. But I, yeah, I, mean, I could, but I don't I, want to. I'm I've always admired that. If you made enough to pay the bills, you would. Sure, if the money yeah. was right, of course, we'd yeah, do anything. But And even though when you're touring, you don't really get to see all the sites, but you get to go to countries yeah. and you get to meet people. Yeah. And I mean, what, what hey, better we, way to meet people? I was going to say, we had a good time in Virginia. That was a, yeah. that was a blast. All right. I never knew yeah. what plane f- flights cost until I was like 30 years old. I mean, they were paid for all the time. Like, I was lucky. Like, record labels paid for us to fly here, there, there. It was like, when I had to actually buy a plane ticket one time, I was like, fuck, this is expensive. Especially, <laughs> yeah. especially international. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, when you're doing international, is you shipping any equipment or is it just the basics or is it even like is a uh, snare coming back, along back line you bring provided. your bass you bring your guitar we bring horns uh, maybe cymbals drums. yeah cymbals and yeah they kick. provide like the bulk and of then the your, your amps kicks. and that's, and that's how kit. we and that's how we tour now yeah. really if you can yeah. that's the best way yeah. to go because you just light and easy yep see i would want my amp set exactly the way I want. See, that's where people get it. Like, I need my drum set. Like, dude, just get over it. Because, yeah. you know, I'm they also freaking the split. I'm a prima donna. You know, it's set perfectly that's for my you room. Pedals, Jerry. You just bring your pedals. You, the amp's the amp. You could say, I need a Marshall or a Vox or whatever. Yeah. So I need a 25 year old JBL yeah. 218 cabinet with a beat up old but when you're when you're hauling a a, a, a trailer and an, and an rv or a bus that or a, i mean a, a van then yeah you bring your own shit and, and you gotta fly across the pond yeah yeah you, you flying with your amps and drums well we made a mistake once we had um i believe it was morbid angel coming in and he had requested the the specs of the drum set were were easy to find but he wanted a black set and for whatever reason, we couldn't get a black set, so we got him a Fucking white green. set. <laughs> get him a, the opposite of black. And I mean, just coming in, <laughs> looking at it, it was, we might as well have like cut his dog open and sprayed it out. And speaking of Gacy sort of stuff, because he just looked at it like. Can you spray paint? Oh, I'm going to burn this fucking town. That's ridiculous. I mean, just what did, like... What do they think they were? A reggae band? They were a metal band. What the hell is that shit? Well, the reggae bands had to provide a backline for The it. drums looked stupid, to be honest. They were so... they were so Because he has such Who a huge the fuck kit. Who a white it, drum kit? My God. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, on the on the flip side, trying to get Flipper to come on stage and Lens yelling at me, well, get him some fucking drugs. Just get him his drugs. I'm like... What the fuck do I look like? A pharmacy? I'm not a fucking junkie. <laughs> well, he's punk rock. You got to. Oh, my and God. And then they were trying to talk me into going up there. I don't know any fucking flipper songs. 
flipper. It doesn't matter. Just, just fucking play an open E. Oh, I can do that. Freaking. And then I That's think awesome. it was one of the road crew came up, but. That was like, you know, that was like the famous Bad Brain show with no HR. Oh, my God. Yeah. HR just didn't show up. What HR happened? did not show up. Oh, my God. Yeah. So did the crowd just sing along or what? No, no. I was uh, talking about uh, Daddy Longlegs, Damien. Yeah. Played. Didn't Damien go up there? And then I could swear. Um, Isn't that like you know, all musicians dream? Like, the singer's not here tonight. Anyone know all of Bad Brain songs? Then, like, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah even she, I went. You know, from... Uh, the Deftones sang. That's yeah. insane, yeah. Because they were on tour with Bad Brains. I, I, I would have gone up and done a song. That's when Bad Brains was signed to Maverick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But HR just, I mean, he's he's got his mental issues anyways. Yeah, totally. So he's kind of... I saw them play at... Uh, Slidey. But he did Kane. wish John a happy birthday great. on his 50th. Oh, really? HR? Yeah. Oh, I would... Yeah, you, you didn't see it, the video? No, I didn't see that you either. You see that video? You're fucking kidding me. Oh, Nunu. No, no. Oh, she he bought it. Well, yeah, she paid for it. Yeah, she bought yeah, like a happy... Yeah. yeah, dude. yeah. Oh, I did see that. You're right. Some, I don't know how you can do it, but if you're an artist, I guess you can put yourself yeah, on a lot of, this Yeah, a lot of artists do that, no. Yeah. And pay me $200 or $300, bucks like, and I'll wish hey, you Hey, Dan happy Albert. Yeah, to see I know again. people that, that do yeah, that, so, yeah. other podcast people, and yeah. I thought about doing it, but they would pay it. me not to say anything. I thought, <laughs> yeah, money's money. I wish you a happy birthday. Just buy me a beer. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. Or as, as Jimmy Fela says in Tide Pods, give me some Tide oh, yeah. Pods. Some Tide Pods and Meister Brow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought that would be kind of fun to do, but I mean, it's HR. I mean, I've... Man, whenever this is my go-to, whenever I'm at a record store and I'm trying to think, well, what do I want? Well, I'll go look at Black Sabbath. I'll go and look at Husker Du, Bad Brains. Yeah. And I always go and it's usually something I already have, but I mean, there's just ingrained in my mind forever. Yeah. I mean, that and to Bad see Bad Brains records are fucking amazing, man. When you just stop oh and listen God. to them, you just go, yes, this yeah. is what my brain needs right now. It's just absolute. Chaos, yeah, it's, and it's crazy. Just who did the symphony? Who did Rock for Light? Who do you mean? Who produced Rock for Light? Oh my god! Oh, uh, Rick Ocasek. Rick Ocasek. Oh, Ocasek. I would say, yeah, Rick Rubin. Rick Ocasek. Yeah, yeah. the Cars. Yeah, which another local band that and he did, oh god, and he did the Quickness too, right? I think he did both those. And albums. like the first two Weezer records, Rick Ocasek's amazing producer. Yeah, let alone just the Cars records, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but um, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace, Rick. A couple years ago, yeah, he's oh, one of my musical heroes for sure. He's a badass. Mm -hmm. Him and I mean, the cars were fucking cool as shit, right? I respect him now more than I did listening to an A track. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It took me a few years when I was a kid to to discern who Benjamin Orr and Rick Ocasek's voices were because I always thought they were the same guy. I was like, oh, there's two different singers. Yeah, yeah, it's Rick Ocasek and Benjamin Orr. But yeah, the band is fucking And then awesome. how many, all the hits they had? Yeah. Um, Crazy. A million. Yeah. Fucking insane. And that's just a different level. Once you reach that level, I mean, it's hard to really do anything wrong. You know, but no you matter that, what you do, you could do a children's album. You that thing. certain level, then you can put out shit and people eat it. My yeah, best friend, <laughs> yeah. squirrel Just friend, gobble it up. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. I hear it on the radio these days. That, I don't want to name Someone any names a, of 
Someone has a hit Boom. and And that's the other thing. How many bands can actually you know, they do their first album, which is amazing, and how they how can they follow up? Not too many bands can do that, you know, where they can just keep writing hits, 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 you know. Well, the thing that I'm still tripping out on is being able to tour in your 50s and not be at that level to where you can go, I'm going to put out an album of fart songs. Now, if I did that, people would be like, I thought you already did seven of them. But, you know, to be able to tour and to be able to bring in an audience and still have fun doing it. I mean, that's... And not well, be we obviously the slave to, to a label. The fucking Rolling Stones. I mean... Well, they're they're ancient. They don't answer to anyone. And I've seen them recently, and they're fucking badass. It's insane. Like to see yeah. Mick Jagger on stage is is quite a phenomenon. With his new heart or whatever, right? Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, imagine I mean, that's, that's imagine going to see the Beatles. Hey, Rolling Stones are looking for a drummer. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve Jordan. Get out of the way. <laughs> So yeah. no, that that being said, it's just, I I still think it's great that you know you're still doing it. I can't imagine playing music when I'm 87. Like I'd be like, would you want to play music at 87? Maybe if I was healthy, but I'd. Probably, the, you look at some of these guys that are I playing, did. and they need the. I'd rather be up. sitting on a porch sipping a mint julep. <laughs> you know, I just seen um, I seen a <laughs> podcast I can, I can on. Understand if it's in your blood, and you just no, obviously I would love to play yeah. music till the day I die. Probably will. Well, that's when you just get to the point of where you say, all right, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to bring five cats. We're just going to show up at a dive bar and we're going to go in there and we're going to do a set. Yep. We're going to get free drinks and we're going to be showered with money because people are going to be like, what the hell are these guys doing here? Well, and then you that. go and hide for a year. Hire the young cast like Paul McCartney did. He's got a young band. It's just Paul McCartney. But the Stones, I mean, fucking those guys yeah. did tell they're fucking, they're still doing it. Yeah. Insane. They got some youth in there, but, you know, well, Ronnie, you, you guys watched the, uh, and Keith the recent and, uh, induct inductation. I can't even say it uh, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Foo Fighters, and they played with Paul McCartney. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, well, Dave Grohl has played. Well, he's in. Well, here's one. Okay, so you got Dave Grohl that took. Well, it was actually Scream. Paul McCartney that inducted them. Right. The oh, Fighters. Paul did. Yeah, yeah. because Dave did a did a song with Paul. Well, they played they played Beatles songs. No, my lord. And Paul, they played a Beatles song, and Paul sang. So it was the Foo Fighters playing a playing like "Get Back." Or, and then a few years ago, when they did the um, the documentary on um, the keyboard, I mean not the keyboard, the soundboard. the soundboard, uh, Sound City, yes, yeah, yeah. City. And yeah. they brought in the Neve board, and then Paul McCartney and Dave and Chris all wrote a song that, and you know, whatever they did, they did yeah. that on the Grammys or something. It was great. Wow, pretty cool. But yeah, just like think about it, like I'm playing with fucking Paul McCartney, like shit like that blows my mind. You know? Being being making it to that level, yeah. being at that level. Yeah, I don't think Nirvana would have ever made it as far as the Foo Fighters. No, well, they, they would have burned down and faded away. I think not not longevity wise, but I think in their overall mystique, they're because even the, know, I mean huge. even the Foo Fighters put better songs out than Nirvana. Oh, blasphemy. I'm I'm right there with Jerry. I've yeah. I've never been a fan of Nirvana. I, the only song that was catchy I actually I smells like Teen that. Spirit. Yeah. That was it. I this I agree I'm that. just gonna. There's a few people who I have not booked that I I'm think a huge back. Foo Fighters fan. Don't um, 
Yeah, they played I, Soma. They played Metro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, that was great because there's Pat Smear, the Germs. Yeah, because everyone has, are you named after the Germs? No. <laughs> Why? Oh my god! I used to get so frustrated. As a kid. I, I, Actually, I, I still huge, do. But. I have a huge affection for Kurt Cobain's songwriting. I think he just, um, in the short amount of time he was on this planet, planets some really fucking amazing music. Yeah, I cannot take care of like, that guy. What would he be doing now if he was still alive? Like all probably kinds of crazy shit. Probably trying to plan Courtney Love's murder. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but now, okay. and we we're talking about this earlier. Another guy that's amazing, creative artist is Mike Patton. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, big time, Mike Patton. And Mondo Kane. No, he's who, who he's, would who would get an orchestra and sing in Italian? Mike Patton, I, I put up there with some of the greatest artists of all time. Yeah, absolutely, he's amazing. His coattails, his tuxedo jacket, is what I wore at the New Year's Eve when Len's like, I think we should wear. You know, wear a suit, wear a proper jacket. I'm like, what the? The only one I have is plaid, and it's a bondage cool. jacket. Yeah, Unless perfect. I wear a leather. How I'm about not... a street jacket you got on the wall of it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to be crazy not to wear that one. But so, um, Mike, had, they came through with whatever band, and he left a whole bag of stuff. Mr. Mr. Bungle. Badass. It was Bungle. Bungle, yeah. yeah. And um, there was his his uh, tails in it. And I'm like. But also, all right. Also, I wore that. Faith more, faith no more. Played Metro a couple times too. So, and then is he played with his wife? No, no, that was that was Eddie. Eddie, oh yeah, hovercraft. Yeah, Yeah. we talked about him earlier. I wanted to thank you again, Jeremy, for letting me get backstage in a couple of those moments. Smashing pumpkins. Uh, Did I let you? (laughs) I don't think you let me. I was going to say that earlier too. We always just show up, but. I yeah, can I do, can I get like, you, yeah. you were working Stop. the back door, yeah. and yeah, Smashing right. Pumpkins were playing, and I somehow snuck through the gate, and mm-hmm. which is crazy because we. Talk I gave about you, how I gave you a knowing, down. a yeah. knowing nod, and you were just like, "Yeah, it's cool." And, I, mm-hmm. and then the second time was the Jim Rose Circus. Oh, okay, yeah, wasn't that rad? And I walked back there, and there's uh, Eddie Vedder and his wife at the time. Uh, what's her name, Beth? Beth. And uh, just had a Heineken and a cigarette, and she gave me a Batmobile. Candy at the time because Batman was a movie that was out. She's yeah. like, Eddie loves Batman. She's like, here. I'm just like, just talk with Eddie and Beth, like, no big deal. And you just like kind of let me in on that because you could have said, hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So thanks. It wasn't, it wasn't, oh, <laughs> was back there too. Oh, was back yeah. there. Yeah. So I kind of knew a little bit of people. So it looked like I was supposed o to be was there. Oh, back in every, every show. Yeah. Dude, I, I was at a pixie <laughs> show. He's back at a show right now. Yeah. Show, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But that was the thing is, you know, I don't really harp on it too much, but as far as when bands would come through, like we talked earlier about um, being disrespected by bands. So the biggest ones were the Orange County bands. Sublime would come in, and now I understand more of their story and why they were the how they were, but their crowd was just as bad. So you got, you know, 20 drunks coming at me, and I'm not worried about them. Right. I'll take them all on because, right. you know, I'm I'm the gatekeeper. And if not, I'll get in my fucking car and go home and let Len run the show. <laughs> but it was Len, you know, harping on me. Who the fuck? And then, of course, the vice and, you know, because we always had someone looking. Looking down. Well, the and pro- then and um, the problem, we were all ages, so we had to really watch with the alcohol. And, oh, yeah. And the neighborhood, we had to keep the neighborhood clean. And Well, it was, um, oh, and then you know, I was saying Pennywise was another one, but the, the local bands that treated me with respect and weren't like, oh, we're above you now because we're we're playing the main stage, then I was totally cool. But when people started, I mean, the, the list of those people 
we could be here till tomorrow morning. Yep. I got disrespected so much. And, you know, I put all my heart into what I was doing. You know, I just had my work face on. But if someone respected me and, and you know, gave me proper respect, made it easy whenever booking or whatever, it's like. Great. Yeah. yeah. Come on in. Come on in. Because it's a mutual. Res- I wouldn't have a job if you guys didn't do your jobs. Yeah. Do you, so, know, do you know who the number one person know. that was always at Soma every weekend? Other than me? Somebody you guys know. That was at Soma? All the time. Mm. From a band? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I used to get him in every weekend. If he wasn't on tour, I got him in every weekend. Oh, God, there's going to be a couple people I'm thinking of. Um, Scott Russo. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Tony. Oh, Tony. Tony? <laughs> Tony was at Soma every weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was, he was a, like a local fixture there. I should have gave him a security shirt. He could have just been helping. <laughs> no <him>. kidding. <laughs> Tony was there all the time. Why do you, why do you think he put me on the... He, he, the first person ever thanked me on a record was Tony, and that was the 28 Teeth record. Oh, if you, shit. If you go the very last yeah. column with the, with the credits there, he goes, uh, oh, yeah, fucking thanks, Jerry Brooks, for always getting me in at Soma. Oh, sick. Yeah, he was there all every weekend. Yeah. Well, at least I was thanked before Jerry. <laughs> Probably wasn't fun. But, you know, going back to that, just um, another funny note. It's not really funny. It is now. But to keep the PR for the club, Len liked me at a distance. He liked to use me as like the blame and, you know, just for certain things. But when it came down to... Like when he was started building his boat, he didn't want me anywhere near that shipyard because I was just, you know, whatever. I wasn't respectable enough. So he kind of kept me at a leash as far as when it we had to deal with whatever the police, fire marshal, um, you know, whoever's coming through. But there was plenty of times that I put out fires that he would start with band members. So... It was kind of a weird juxtaposition for me to be in to not really know, you know, what I'm going to be getting into that night and who's going to show up. So I was always on high alert. You know, there was a guy on the freaking roof one time and he was up there screaming some shit about Vietnam. I went, climbed, it was in the back, so it was on the low level. So I went up on that level and I was trying to get him down. I was just going to fucking push him off. (laughs) I was pissed i'm like you know in the back of my head going and lens yelling at me and then finally mike came up and and dealt with oh, it and i was mike. all yeah i remember mike <laughs> long hair but mike. you know I, I was worried about what was going to happen to me if i fucked up right. god no like you know when perry farrell was there for whatever show it was and he's one i think it was smashing pumpkins fugazi fugazi and he's walking around with his wine and i had to explain to him you know hey perry and his wine yeah, and now he's completely mellowed out. I've actually I've talked to him a little bit through um, direct message on uh, Instagram, just kind of jots because I like what he's doing and what he's trying to do and how he's giving back. Yeah, yeah sobering up some out. people of some people really needed to, you know. And he's still trying to do things. The Lollapalooza was a cool thing. Then that, that was so over the top because we went there to talk to Golden Voice about working with them. And I was so out of my element at that thing. That was the first or the second. It was the one that Green Day played. So, of course, we had to go and say hey second. to them. Second. The second one? Yeah. Okay. Or was it? No, 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 no. It wasn't the second one. It was the third one. Third one. Pearl Jam played the second one. 
Yeah, I still have the the pass on the fridge, but you know, I, I liked our world. Again, I, I prefer the atmosphere of everything of downtown. Well, that's probably, you know, Union. thinking about it now, that's probably where Lynn got the idea to do the New Year's Eve shows that was from, because of Lollapalooza with all the bands. Festival things, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I, I think that's how that came, I went to the one at San Diego State with Green Day opened, and yeah. it was Pumpkins, I think, played yeah. that same yeah. year. And then I went to the Irvine Meadows That was, that was what the Breeders were on it, too. Yeah, breeders. And they were and they everybody left. was throwing yeah. dirt at them. Kim oh, got yeah. hit with a with a water bottle and she walked off. They only did like one half song. A song. You're like, yeah. come on, Kim. Yep. I was there for a while, but I was in the side area where they had the smaller stage and vendors. So I was bouncing around talking to the sound guys and whoever around there. And then um I left and I came back later and I just it wasn't my gig. I couldn't you know, it was just so f- fucking big. Yeah. It's like, it, it just didn't appeal to me. But it was interesting, and the dynamic of it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it's insane. We started at it as Gathering of the Tribes, and then it became Lollapalooza. Hmm. And that was, yeah, that was Perry that, that started. Yeah. It's his insight into doing that, I just find. And, you know, that's how Ozfest started, too, because Sharon reached out to... The people allow blues and say, "Hey, Ozzy wants to play," and they're like, "No, nah, we don't want, we don't want that kind right, of, not, we don't not, want metal, not our vibe." Yeah. So then Sharon yeah. said, "Well, screw it, we'll start our own festival." Yeah. yeah. And then also Warp started. You know, Kevin Lyman, right. who actually worked for Golden Voice, he left Golden Voice and started Warp Tour. Yeah. So I went to the Lollapalooza at Irvine Meadows. This has to be ninety-five or six. It was uh, Boss Tones, I think, opened. Remember Irvine wow. Meadows, right? Yep. Hole no played. There. It was um, like Mike Watt on a side stage, Porn for Pyros on a side stage. Like, you know, it was just, yeah, it was cool. You could go to like smaller stages to see fucking like, yeah, Perry yeah. Pharrell and Porno and shit. It was awesome. Yeah, I went to the, yeah. I went, I only went to two of them. So I went to the first one in 91, which was Nine Inch Nails, uh, Jane's Addiction, yeah. Susie and the Banshees, yeah. Living Color, Body Count. So Pearl Jam uh, played the surfers. second Lollapalooza? Yeah, Pearl Jam played. Because I went to go to that one, but I didn't have tickets and couldn't afford the scalp tickets. So. Yeah. And I, we went up to San Jose to see that one. So Yeah, we were in, at Irvine Meadows. We watched Mike Watt play, and Perry Farrell was like side stage watching Mike Watt. And we got done. My girlfriend ran up to Perry Farrell, and she's like, can you sign my ticket? And he goes, nah, baby, but I'll give you a hug. He like put his arm around her, and we just walked backstage with Perry and his entourage. And he's like the big black security guards are sitting there, and they're like, "This one guy goes, yeah, per- Perry needs uh, two bottles of red wine right now." And it was like instantly, people just descended. It was like red wine, popped the bottle, walked on stage, and they started their set. It was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" So you just yeah. walked to backstage. That's yeah. why you wouldn't sign sign anything. Yeah, I, I walked on stage and was sitting next to Stephen Perkins while they played. I was like, "This is fucking cool." When he uh, when he came to Soma, he actually he wrote a poem for my girlfriend and signed it. Yeah, he's a super cool down to earth yeah. dude. Yeah, little little eccentric, but yeah, as long as he's got cool. his red wine, he's fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I could relate to him. More I, I hung out with Perkins on Ozfest. He played with the Methods of Mayhem. Yeah. Perkins is super cool too. And then he played he played Soma with um, Infectious Grooves. Oh wow. Oh yeah. So many great fucking moments, man, from from those days. All stemming around Soma for sure. 
the crazy thing is Thank to God be able I got to, to cut my teeth on those. We um were able to create something to bring in the national acts. Yeah. Which yeah. you got huge acts of pumpkins playing at that little fucking all venue. The, all the up and coming bands. I mean, and it, like we we're talking about earlier, Union Street Tool and Rage Against the Machine on mm-hmm. the same bill. Yeah. With with the electric love hogs headlining. Ooh, crazy. Yeah, and that was when they just got all the fresh equipment and that was Maynard's birthday. Because um Owen and I were talking with Maynard and we're like, well, come over and we'll have some 40s. You know, we're going to get some Mickey's after the show. And he's like, oh, I can't. You know, we got the tour bus. I'm like, there's a fucking, there, you can park it on the street nearby. They had a tour bus at that time? Yeah. Because that was like, opiate. or at least that's, yeah, I can swear they that did. That was opiate. Um, yeah, because Nobody, it was. And they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they were opening. They were an opening band. Yeah, it's got to be that one. They, they could have still had a tour bus then. I mean, labels spring for buses. What I'm trying at to this what point, the label I don't, was at that time. Because that was only they like just their got first, that first album wasn't even an album. It was like an EP. Yeah, but they blew up pretty quick, didn't they? No, nah, it took a little bit. Because remember, they were opening for Rollins. Like they played Iguanas with Rollins. Mm. Um, I guess I just caught them on there like when they blew up. I wasn't a fan of them. Really and they played they days. played Metro several times. So they had yeah. the, actually the the third. They didn't blow up until after the third album. No. Yeah, because this was at at Union yeah. when they. Had, That's what I'm saying. They were. Is that the one with the crazy too. like stop motion video? The like little figures. Uh, I, and I stuff? think so. Or was that like? No, no, that was a. Uh, that was so that song you're talking about sober. Yeah, sober. And yeah. that was the. That was the second album, I believe. Yeah, so they were pretty big by then, right? No. Really? Yeah. yeah video on MTV, that it was, was pretty a, huge. A, yeah. third album they played, at, actually the third album came out, Enema, and it came out... Um, no, you're thinking Enema of the State by Blink. When no, you, no, no. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. That was a big album. Um, so that, that album came out, they were playing at Metro when that album came out, because wow. we went and got it. I have the vinyl, and they all signed it. Cool. So he's another one who's got a winery now. Yep. Yeah, Maynard. in Arizona. Yeah, Maynard. That's the gig to get into, man. Let's all start a fucking booze company. What are we doing? I tried to start. Um, <laughs> I want to do a uh, red rum. Yeah. Hey, I actually, I dude, did <laughs> talking about bands with the. Booze. I pitched it to you people. know the machines. Just they have their own whiskey now, and yeah, they also have their that. own coffee now. Yeah, that's another thing. Coffee and whiskey. That? Yeah. Wow. You know, I'd like to have our own hummus. Come on, let's do it. I've got some money on the vest. That, you know, that person, there's, um, oh God, with all the microbreweries and then, um, as we were talking about, like no effects had theirs until they were cancel cultured. But realistically, I mean, it's kind of, unless you come up with a really good project for longevity. Red rum sounds pretty good. Yeah, we need some red rum. Oh, they're actually they're rum. ended up just, being just make rum and put red food coloring in it. <laughs> yeah. <red rum. laughs> well, there's. Um... Dude, I haven't had red rum in like twenty years. Remember they used to actually make it? Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a bottle in there. Bust it out, brother. I didn't even know that. We are. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to. Um, I haven't had that in so long, like since like I was twenty one. Trying to think, a local distillery. God, I can't remember the name of them, but I pitched it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we can promote it with the skateboarding and blah, 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 blah. And I think I got like maybe a conversation going before I was completely blown off. But then, you know, like my, as usual, my wife's like, oh, fuck them. We'll do it ourselves. 
Exactly. So then we're thinking about wine because I I love wine. Me too, man. And she comes from um, a restaurant family. They had a restaurant for almost thirty years. So she was you know doing wine tasting and and matching when she was you know not even a teenager really. I mean, if you can brew your own beer or distill your own whiskey, you could probably grow your own wine grapes mm-hmm. without a vineyard. Oh my my old uh, guitarist from Simpson seventy seven. He had he made his own. And bottled it at his house. Yeah. My old bass player in G-Spot's dad made plum wine, and that shit was fucking potent. So yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> he, it, he ferment anything, I guess it's... Was it oh, yeah. All I know is when he opened the jug of it, you could smell it like half a block away. So it, was, it wasn't... It was Pruno then. It was like, no, <laughs> like prison stuff. It basically was, right? But it, it was prune wine that he had fermented. It was fucking kick your ass shit. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to make a proper wine without having a winery and the blah, blah, blah. And the, yeah. The whole distillery or whatever they do, they oak barrels and all that shit. Yeah. You I think it'd be fun as hell. Smash it. <laughs> yeah, I was watching something the other day where a guy was going through the process of, of making wine that they do. I don't remember what the hell it was. I always find these weird things and I just sort of stare at the TV. Now with the puppy, I just sit there and I'm petting Pugsley and just... You know, doing commentary, and he just sits there and looks at it and look at me. And in my head, he's going, "Yeah, you know, we should make some fucking wine here, Dad. Uh, I'm a dog, but wine sounds good." But and then I'll go on to something else, and then usually end up on skateboards. But I I end up going down a rabbit hole sometimes of of looking for bands. You got to experiment with a bottle of wine. I would I would love to. I just to be able to create. You know, I love getting in the kitchen and cooking. Oh, me too, man. And we, we come up with great shit. My wife's an amazing cook. So she's inspired me to be able to start coming up with some cool shit. But I always wanted to do, you know, beer or or um, wine. Um, I really like vodka. I do too. Me, me but three. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I don't really, you know, like you got drinking any potatoes it. lying around? Let's make some fucking vodka. Yeah. And then throw some red food coloring in it and just... Call it red vodka. <laughs> beet, beet juice. <laughs> yeah, or it's something, just the creative process. That's where I always find myself. I'm right there with you, brother. And any form, art, painting, dancing, music, yeah, sex, whatever. Well, we've hit, we've hit over <laughs> two hours on this podcast. Nice. Yeah. This is the longest we've, we've ever done. And my stomach is growling, so I should probably have something down the gullet. Does it feel a minute over an hour and 68 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys coming out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for sitting this along and, yeah. and telling us some nitty-gritty talking, and talking shit. Did you, always. Did you, did you get all your questions you wanted? I, would, I could go another hour or so. I could too. Because you know, there's uh, always questions. Bonnie, go get some beers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, he said, go get some beers. <laughs> then it'll be a drunken <laughs> podcast. Sure. Be awesome, lads. Good to see you all. Yeah, thanks again for coming, you guys. Cheers. Mixed and mastered by me, Jared. Music provided by Brank Anchor.